Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. The radio folks have. I'm going to mute Fred's mic when he is talking. So that should work out well. Yeah, that should equal out. It'd just be me and Phil. Yeah, right? Yep. (laughs) Poor Fred. (laughs) All right, let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. We have Fred. I got the mute button. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And we have our very good friend, Phil Goodwin. Hello, everybody. Awesome. Mr. Old Man 3D himself. Yep, Old Man 3D. (laughs) All right. This is episode number 102, Listener Series, Volume 5, Phil Goodwin. Nice. Sounds like you still have a little touch of a cold, Steve. I do. Um, well, mainly just a cough and a little bit of a sore throat. It's not too bad. But um, yeah, I totally lost my voice the day after we recorded last week's podcast. I don't know if um, I don't think we spoke, but yeah, I totally lost my voice. I couldn't talk. I sounded like kind of like this. I like ah. it was funny because I sounded like Batman, and it was weird. <laughs> um, yeah, it was quite interesting, but. Nice. Yeah. All right. So let's catch up with everyone. Let's see. Who wants to start their week first? I nominate Fred. Oh, all right, well, Fred. Fine. I'll do it. All right. You got your mute button ready there, Kevin? <laughs> I was only kidding, dude. <laughs> so um, my week, we went to a uh, swap meet, the first annual swap meet over here in Niceville, Florida, and uh, didn't sell anything. Not really. I, I didn't end up selling a couple of things. Uh, just a, a kit that you know, balsa kit, some other a little glider, a little uh, DLG glider type thing. And uh, but came home with all the stuff I was really trying to sell. Uh, I did add a new plane to my fleet. It's a Mamba Ten from the the uh, line from the same Cessna as I got the Flex Innovations. Okay. Yeah. So got it all put together. Looking forward to um, getting out and trying that. Uh, I've got, I don't know, two, three planes I could have made now. I've got the, the B-26 that still needs to get in the air. i got the Mamba, and I just built a flight test uh, Sportster. All right. The Sportster. Yep. Nice. That's my favorite plane out of their lineup. Yeah, that's a good plane. That's the one with the ailerons, right? Yes. Yeah, that's that's a nice plane, man. Is it windy where you are, though? Isn't that tough in the wind? Uh can be windy and it can be calm we have you know variable wind weather here oh okay <laughs> i just thought it was windy uh, constantly no no we get some i mean today was gorgeous beautiful calm day uh but no it's um it it flies well in both i, I didn't have a problem with it in the wind or or calm days the sportster that's a small one right that's eh, it's how big not, is that it's the standard size. It's the, the standard oh, okay. size. Now, they did a mini Sportster, and they had Oh, the that's speedster. what I'm thinking of. Okay, the yeah. Speedster. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. The Speedster was just the uh, elevator and rudder. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Under camper wing, no flat bottom. Oh, so uh, that wing's different. It's not under yeah, camper. Oh, okay. Bottom, and it's got, uh, it's got aileron, so. Uh, so it can handle the wind a little bit better. Okay. I've been listening Funny. to you guys for a hundred episodes talking about flight test airplanes. I'm going to have to build one one of these days. Build the Vigan. The Vigan. Oh, <laughs> not the Vigan. <laughs> no, you, um, there, there's a lot of good planes you can start with if uh, if you it don't sounds, want to do the EDF. 
Sounds like there's a bunch of them. I got a bunch of servos and motors laying around here. I'm I'm definitely going to have to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's worth Spitfire's it. Spitfire's a good plane to build. I like that one a lot. Yep. Spitfire's a good one. Mustang's a good one. Mustang, yep. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves a Mustang. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Fred, I got to say, you've been killing it, dude, with the video. Uh, Facebook oh. Live and all that. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. I was killing it all right. I was had the dang killing thing my neck. by accident. I got locked <laughs> uh, in that vertical video mode there. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Always got to remember, when you st- before you hit, like go or go live or whatever you have to make sure that orientation is right or it locks that in yeah but that's yeah, cool how I'll, much I'll was the uh the table rental for the swap me what was that um the spot or like however they do it. the six foot ones and then a little bit more than that for the eight foot tables okay yeah i'm curious i know uh, kevin's interested in doing that with the local swap meet up here um the adams one so i'm curious what's a good rate you know i could probably pm uh jason klein and find out he seems to have his hand in that. Mm-hmm. I think it's his club. That's his club, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It was a good <laughs> uh, practice run, let's say. The sure. the attendance wasn't that good. I mean, right. most of the people doing the shopping were the other vendors. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. And nobody wanted to buy anything because, you know, they, they, they want to give you a dollar on, you know, for everything. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'll give you a dollar for that. You know, so... The guy that put it on, he and I need to talk about you know what we can do to kind of draw more people in. We need to have a, a venue where we can be outside and do some test flying, mm-hmm. let people see stuff flying around. That'd kind be of, cool. Kind of, kind of do something, try to draw some new people in, maybe see if I can get a few flight test kits down and sell them out or do a build or something you know, right there at the at the event so people mm-hmm. can see you know, it's something you can get into and, and it's not unapproachable. Yeah, and actually yeah. fly it after so that way people can see that these models fly really well for yeah. you know. Surprising. Or, or or do more like the uh oh, what was her name? The 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 French chef lady there. You know, she'd have Julia Childs. Yeah, she'd have the ingredients out and then she'd have the stuff that she was working on and then she'd have the finished product. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe that's what I'd need to do is have three different kits, one just the parts all laid out. One that, you know, they can watch me try building, and then one that's flight-worthy. Sure. Or you can just cool. build the FT flyer and just fly it around the event. It flies so damn <laughs> yeah, slow. Right? Yeah. There's that. <laughs> Do a nutball. That'd be funny. Cool. All right. Well, All right. who else had something this week? Uh, I can go if you want. Yeah. I okay. uh, started Sunday on my first uh, indoor FPV race. Uh, I had a two-inch uh, ascent from Flex RC. And, Wait, uh, that's, that's a helicopter? Do you do no, helicopter no, it's, a, it's a dreaded drone. Dreaded drone <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just messing I've with been, you. I've been holding off on this drone stuff for so long, but, you know, it gets cold up here, and you know, chances of flying the helis are, you know, winding down a little bit. I fly all winter, but, you know, once they get a lot of snow, I can't get into the park up by my house, so I start to you know, have fewer and fewer chances to get out flying helis. So uh, we have a great indoor venue up in Albany that we go to, and uh, there's a good group of FPV guys up there. They're really into it, and they they really do a great job of organizing races and stuff. And they came up with this idea of, a you know, an indoor uh, race with something a little bit more capable than the Tiny Whoop. I, I love the Tiny Whoop. I got when I fly it around the house all the time, mm-hmm. but these are – little two-inch uh, brushless uh, 
quads and and i'll tell you they go these things they they have no lack of power and uh, these guys right. can really fly them and uh so that's what i did on sunday and it was a lot of fun i gotta say it really was i i was almost hoping that i would go and not have a good time because i really don't want to have to spend money on drone stuff too <laughs> right <laughs> i'm stuck i'm stuck nice. now because i had a blast so it's a whole nother rabbit hole to go down mm-hmm. oh but, boy on on your tiny whoop are you using the ones with the uh beta flight programmable uh boards or is it just a standard board i have one of each i have one of the standard ones and then i uh i put some better motors on another one and i got uh the furious fpv aqua whoop mm-hmm. board and uh it is a lot better now is that tyrannus or is that the spectrum one uh, I got the Spectrum one because I didn't have my QX7 at the time, but uh, I would have certainly gotten the uh, uh, Free Sky one if if I had had the radio. But uh, yeah. I own DX6 at the time, so I'm using that one right now. But uh, it makes a big difference. It really transforms. Oh, yeah. yeah, it really does. And uh, you know, you can you can customize it so much more with the Betaflight board. So right. it's definitely the way to go, and it's not that expensive to do it. So. And I moved up uh, to a seven mil motor on mine, and my goodness, the night and day difference on the power. I haven't gone up to the bigger can on the motor yet, but I went up to the. I tried the nineteen nine special sauce motors there, and that was just too much. I was getting a lot of prop wash, and it really wasn't controllable. So I, I dropped it down to like the fourteen sevens or whatever the next step up from the stock motors was. Yeah, and and that's a lot better. I it's much more manageable, and I don't get nearly as much prop wash when you're descending down in your own in your own stuff you know so i got a lot to learn on this drone stuff that's one of the other things that really intrigues me about it is you know i knew nothing about beta flight or or uh, free sky or any of that stuff and now i'm like i'm I'm right into my neck up to my neck in it you know so (laughs) boy i love that Mm -hmm. stuff i really do i it, it makes my day so i'm enjoying it but on top of that, I'm getting ready for OHB, which is not too far away. Sounds like it's going to be a blast this year. It sounds like there's going to be a big contingent of guys down there. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. I always fly down with uh, Christopher Diamanti and uh, his dad and, and uh, mother go down early and get the, get the traveling motorhome all set up for us. So we're a little bit spoiled. We just <laughs> fly down and jump right into flying. And uh, so we'll be down there for four days and... So that should be fun. So I got to get all my stuff ready for that and uh, Mm -hmm. make sure all my icons are updated and my nitros are ready to go. They're going to have a uh, an old time uh, Raptor 30 contest this year. Nick Johnson from over in England there. He came Mm -hmm. up with the idea and I guess it doesn't have to be a Raptor. He just wants like old 30 style fly barred helicopters and we're going to 3D them and see what everybody could do with an old school heli. So I got an old V1 Raptor 30, so that's going to have to make the trip down this year. Nice. I think Christopher's got a Raptor 30 that's set up as a 50, so he's going to bring that down. And I see J.C. Zenkel's got something set. It looks like an old Hirobo or something that he's bringing, so it should be be a lot of fun. That's going to be a good good time this year, especially with the RC heli hangout tent and all that. A lot of guys from that group are going down, so Mm -hmm. should be should be good times. I'm kicking myself. I had a chance to get that that old helicopter at the swap meet for twenty bucks, and I missed out on it somehow. Oh, you should you should you should just gotten it. Yeah, twenty bucks. I think it's a Herobo shuttle, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, heck, for that price, it'd be worth it just to hang it up. Right. Yeah. We got guys up here that. 
are mo- mainly from Massachusetts, and Steve and Kevin would know them all. Uh, uh, Andrew Murlino and uh, Josh mm-hmm. Guterall and all them guys. Uh, yeah. Devin Connors. They they those guys lived to find the old flybarred helicopters like that, and they they always like to have one like for the bigger events like Urcha and that. And they just it's like a you know a community helicopter, and they just proceed to thrash the living daylights out of it. Really. That yeah, they go out of their way to try and find them. It's getting harder and harder to get your hands on one. But when they right. do, they, you know, they they love to do that night, you know, spotlight flying and stuff. And that's what they love to do is get an old copter like that and just go crazy with. It. It's fun to watch because those do guys they modernize are, it. Like no, no, they no, they make it. They leave it fly barred and uh, they just, uh, you know, they pick them up for like fifty dollars, a hundred dollars, wherever they can, and they just fly them till they won't fly anymore. And wow. I mean. You would not believe what those guys do with those copters. They're so talented, those guys. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a lot of fun to watch. Really wow. is. Nice. So that's about it for me for the week. All right. Kevin? Yeah, man. I flew on Sunday. Actually, yeah. wasn't planning on flying this weekend, uh, only because I had a lot of stuff going on with the house and just mm-hmm. getting ready for winter. I actually bought Rock Salt at Home Depot this weekend and used it on Monday night. <laughs> We had like snow and ice fall over mm-hmm. here. Yeah. And, uh, so it was, I'm glad I did that, but, uh, I'm not glad it's here because I got my first kick in the seat taste of winter this weekend when Steve called me up and was like, Hey, dude, I'm going to go out to the field real quick for like an hour. So I was like, okay. This was on Sunday. So I grabbed the oxy and I grabbed my truck, um, to yes. drive around <laughs> just as a goof. And, uh, man, flew the, oxy 255 a few times but it was freaking windy and cold and i was like wow uh just really tasted winter but i'll tell you what dude like i i sent i think i sent you a text man yeah. when i was on the ride home i was like i'm glad i did that i'm glad i went out even if it was for an hour just local and just chilled out and had a good time man it was it was cool mm-hmm. I'm, i was really happy to do that yeah and uh let's see i got the 285 ESC in. I got my hobby wing from Lynx. Put that in. Been working on that. That should be ready to go. I just got to program the the V bar. Nice. The Neo. Yep. Off my 380. Awesome. And Frank Mordieos has been uh, texting me a little bit back and forth <laughs> this week. Actually, today, you know, <laughs> he was like, uh, hey, I got a bunch of T Rex 700 parts. Um, that you can have when I see you, you know, or I can ship them to you. And I was like, dude, are you kidding me? You know, I'll, I'll pay him for him, whatever. He's like, no, uh, he won't take any money for him. Um, but I was like, you know, I was like, do you want me to send you my 380? I'll strip it and you can have that. And he was like, no, I have too many. And he sent me yeah. a freaking picture. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, damn, Steve, <laughs> after he sent me the picture, <laughs> but he has, he's got a ton of stuff, man. He does. I can't yeah. wait to see that guy. He is such a he is such a nice guy. Yeah, he's yeah. unbelievably nice. Yeah, he's cool, man. Good people. Yeah. We love you, Frank. But <laughs> uh yeah, I then that was about all I really did in the hobby. I cleaned up the garage a little bit. So what have you been up to, man? Uh this week's been well, so from the last episode I got bronchitis. Um What? So I got sick. Yeah. I had a nasty cough and my throat was killing me and you know, all that fun stuff when you get an infection in your, your lungs, I guess. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm better now. Yeah, I'm better now. <laughs> um, but because of that, 
I was pretty much out all last week sick. So, um, oh, you took your unlimited sick days. I did. I used three days. Aye. And I don't know. It's uh, and then the weekend came and I kind of felt a little better, but I was still had a nasty cough. Um, and then you know we we met up on on Sunday, flew the oxy two and oxy three. I crashed the OX2 and the OXY3. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the two was, was I, I lost the tail. The tail just like, if I do anything really heavy in a collective, I lose the tail. And I don't know how much pitch I have on that heli because I can't get a pitch gauge on the heli to, on those small blades. They don't fit well. So I just kind of guess. I was like, whatever, 80 on the, you know, on the V control. I just go 80 on the collective, positive and negative and, and we'll just call it a day. Uh, but so maybe I'm I'm just I'm bogging the crap out of it. Gov's not holding, and then basically the tail kicks out. It's it's pretty much my guess. Well, if you do a climb out, what does the motor sound like? Does it sound like it's bogging or? Eh, it bogs a little. Yeah, then you could probably uh. Yeah, so I got I got to reduce the pitch, but you know it flies so good, and it's only when I do like when I try to do big heavy collective power loops. If I could do full collective funnels or hurricanes, and those are fine. But just the power loop, as soon as it gets to that top of the loop, it just it goes either 90 degrees or 270. The tail just goes in all weird orientation. Well, we should say, too, it was gusty as all hell. Yeah, it was windy, really windy and way too windy for an oxy tail. It really was. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but I lost the tail, and I'm, and I'm looking up, and it's kind of cloudy and a bit of sun shining through those clouds. And I'm just like, I can't tell what direction it's facing. I hit my rescue button, and I'm like... <laughs> Oh, I don't have rescue on this. Okay. And the helicopter's coming. I'm like, okay, let me get to this flat. And I try to, you know, and I throttle hold it and just kind of make it as soft as possible. I think I I broke the landing, one one side of the landing skid. And I think the spindle might be bent. And I think that's it. Maybe the main gear too. I don't know. So I got to take a look at that. Oh, the pinion. That, that, but uh, it did crack the glue off the pinion. So... The pin was still on the motor, but it was just spinning freely. So, yeah. Uh, so that that benched that heli. So I got to work on that for hopefully next time. Uh, the Oxy Three, I was that success Oxy Three is it's just it's too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> I got to I got to dial it down to like nine degrees of pitch because it is just too crazy. It's just too fast. It's all over the place so quick. I was doing I don't know a couple pure flips. As I was moving, I was doing pure flips, but I was trying to move the heli to the left, so kind of Mobius pure flips. I don't know, whatever you can think of. But um, I got it, and it went up, and I saw sunlight come out, and I I basically was like, I don't see anything but a sunspot in my face now, in my eyes. And um, the helicopter started kind of drifting towards the flight line, I guess, where our virtual flight line. And I'm like, okay, throttle hold. I started seeing the heli again. <laughs> I I put the, you know, this flat, and I went pretty much full negative, and then flared up right at the last minute. The blades folded in, no damage at all. Isn't that called an Icarus? I I guess so. When you fly into the sun. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I'm well, I mean, that. everything was fine with that. I basically unfolded the blades, spooled it back up, and continued to beat the crap out of it. So that was pretty cool. Uh, today, Tuesday, I also flew since. Wait, 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 wait a minute! You were off again? Yeah. Oh, so I had to schedule Tuesday, Wednesday off for Thanksgiving. Uh, so I'm getting the house ready for Thanksgiving. I mean, 
I mean, my wife and I, we probably combined drop like five, six hundred dollars at IKEA because we really wanted to get the living room, dining room set up a little better. We had a big dining room table, but we didn't buy chairs. We were using some old chairs and sort of like, okay, we got to buy, we'll get six, you know, wooden chairs and get those. And, and we wanted like a sideboard table thing. And and then I was like, okay, I need a TV stand. And I need a bookshelf. So we're buying a whole bunch of stuff. And you know, pretty much today it's been like, I you know, I, I did fly. I went to IKEA to get some other stuff. And then I basically just been building. I just been IKEA fucking building all day. And it's cool. Um, living room, family room. I mean, the dining room is pretty much done. I got everything. All the stuff I bought were all hanging. So the sideboard is hanging. On the wall, TV stands hanging, you know, on the wall, and so is the bookshelf. Like, I didn't want anything. Uh, basically, any place that I had a TV or where I wanted to put the bookshelf, there was a radiator, so baseboard heating. So it's like I had to lift it above that. So, but it got all that done. I flew four packs on the Black Thunder today. Um, I was, you know, I go to the field and I'm like, oh, somebody's going to be out here. You know, some, you know, Tony, he's retired. He'll be out here. I go to him like, wow, there's really no one here. And it was a little bit windy, but it was 60 degrees. You know, so you went, down to, you went down to TCRC then, right? Yeah, I went down to Tri-County, yep. Okay. And it was great. Um, no one was there, so I just did four back-to-back flights. I recorded all the flights on my phone just for the hell of it. And... Uh, I don't know. I got done in like an hour, like forty minutes. <laughs> you know, that's like me taking my time, like anywhere from six to ten minute flights. You know, taking my time. Um, at a certain point, I'm just like, okay, this is the last flight. I'm just gonna go bank. <laughs> I'm just gonna go to bank three and just just kill the battery off real quick. So that's like a you know a five minute flight, and it was good. I was able to kind of kind of try new stuff, and I find that to be good sometimes. I don't know if, how about you guys, but Sometimes it's nice to go to the field where it's just like maybe you and me, Kevin, right? Go into the field and we can kind of try new stuff and not, you know, feel like we're being, you know, washed or pressured or anything like that. So you kind of, I don't know, it's, I don't know what it's about, but it's, uh, it just makes it easier, you know? I mentioned something like that, uh, man, about six months ago, talking about mm-hmm. when I went to the local field by me and just flew. And yeah. I kind of thought about the flight test guys and how, like, they're always surrounded by people and cameras and, mm-hmm. you know, the events they go to that I wonder if they ever just get out and fly something. I'm, I'm sure Josh must with his, you know, with his sons just say, Hey, we're going to go. They have a little secret farm they go to and, uh, I think they fly stuff over there. Yeah. But I mean, like, but you definitely just, need that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, but it's not even just like to fly for the sake of flying, but it's like fly to like, I don't know. I feel like for me to try new stuff. Sorry, you're hearing your own thoughts and not everybody else and what's going on, you know? Yeah. You can concentrate on yourself and what, say, oh, wow, I did that. Maybe I'll try something different in that respect. Or, Mm -hmm. yeah, I get you. I totally get it. Yeah. So I was, I was just kind of trying new stuff and flying around and, you know, really high up. I didn't care. You know, it's not like I'm trying to impress anyone. So it was kind of good to do that today. I kind of wish I had more battery packs because after I got there like, 9 45 10 o'clock or something like that and then by 10 40 i was like oh, I, I guess i'm done <laughs> i didn't bring a charger i just i literally brought my v control my goblin black thunder and four battery packs that's it 
Oh wow! I didn't. I didn't even bring a battery checker. I just. I everything was charged up. I charged up in the morning, and went with just that. Damn, you didn't bring the nitro? No, I didn't. I just. I you know I. When I bring the nitro, it's like I have to bring the fuel. I have to bring the starter. I have to bring a you know my little toolbox. Um, and which which isn't really a big deal, but I was also going to IKEA after, so I need to kind of leave some room for. Oh, okay. Things that I might have to get or whatever want to get, so. I just was like, yeah, I'll just bring one helicopter, you know? And usually when we go flying during the weekends, like I'll bring both helicopters and the Black Thunder will get flown off four battery packs. And then like maybe one or two on the Nitro, um, depending on how busy the field is. So I figured, okay, you know, if there's people there or if there's not, it doesn't really matter. I'll just take it easy and do four flights. And that should be a good, I estimated two hours, but because no one was there, I wasn't doing any talking. I wasn't doing any bullshitting. It was just like, yeah, put the pack in there, fly, land, check the motor. Okay, it's not too hot. Put another pack in there, fly again. You know, just back to back. Yep. So, so it was pretty cool though. So yeah, I got a couple of video. I was testing out my little hack cam, and I don't know how uh, Ryber does it. He gets, he has like the angle set perfectly because I can't get. For the life of me, get the angle set right. I'm either too high and like I'm looking at all sky and the helicopter pops in and out of the bottom of the frame, or it's too low and I'm just looking at the ground and the helicopter is all above. I don't know. He has that down pack. I gotta talk to him how he uh, how he sets that up because it's like he does the same thing. It's an iPhone on a hat, and but his is always in frame. It comes out perfect. So yeah. I gotta talk to him about that. <laughs> I used uh, to have that same problem. But yeah. uh, I, w- I was using a GoPro, and mm-hmm. then I, I figured out I could use the app to, you know, see what I was setting up before I started flying. And then I, I got it to where I could get it in the picture all the time. But I know what you're saying because I had one of them old keychain cameras for a while when I was yeah, yeah. flying mm-hmm. mostly planks. And same thing. I'd either have the sky or the trees or something. <laughs> right. Very rarely get the airplane. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I noticed in my videos is that uh, – you know, because it's on my head, I have to move my head. Um, a lot of times, I don't move my head. Like I'll move my head a little bit, and then I'll use my eyes <laughs> to move. But that that doesn't get the camera <laughs> to move, right? So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I wish I, yeah, I don't know. I wish there was some type of uh, tracking that we can do with a, a tripod and just let it follow it. I know there are some things that do that, but those are pretty expensive. You could put your uh, what? What's that thing you just bought there? The DJI thing. The Mavic? I mean, not the Mavic, the uh, Spark. Yeah, you could probably put that up in the air like uh, Chris did on a couple of them videos and just put it behind you and just let it sit there and watch you. I fly really, really high up and far. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, it would be, I mean, that's great if, I, if I could have Kevin there flying the thing to keep it in camera, but I know it would just be like a dot in the sky. Yeah, it would be very <laughs> much fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. I got you. But uh, I mean, I got a good flight in. I think I'm gonna. I'll post it up a little later and and share it out. Absolutely. So should we move on to the main topic here? Yes. Yeah. Let's move on to the main topic. All right. So let's get to know Phil Old Man 3D Goodwin. Da, 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 da. <laughs> now, now is he old? Is he uh, friends with Old Man Metal? Yes, yes he is. Yeah. yeah. Old Man Metal and I are tight. <laughs> <laughs> We've shared a few crew. beers together. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Nice. I think that was like the first time you guys met too, right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> we first, were, uh, we were doing a tour of the Diamante uh, traveling motorhome there and mm-hmm. having a beer. 
Yep. Yeah, that was a great event, man, because it just, it was like, I don't know, man. It's just crazy how, like, everybody's immediately like family. That Uh, was really cool. Yeah. That's like the pinnacle of my season every year, that that fun fly. Yeah. Yeah. That really is. So, yeah, let's let's kind of talk about, you know, Kevin and I met, uh, I was going to call you, well, I guess Old Man 3D. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What what was it? 2016, right? It was last Uh, year. Yeah, yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah, last year at the uh, the Rams, the uh, Northeast Model Helicopter Jamboree. Yep, Chris Ryber's event. Uh, uh, that was actually our first. I mean, not. I don't know. I guess that was your first helicopter event, right, Kevin? Yeah, because you had done South Jersey, I think, earlier that year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like in spring of that year, and then yeah, that was my first uh, like specific helicopter event. Like helis only, you know, not just like fly fest where we bring some helicopters or anything like that. Helis so only, except for R two D two and the jet. Yeah, yes. the old R two D two. That was pretty. That cool. was great too. That yeah, first, that was awesome. our first year being up there and having a full size, you know, R two D two. That was awesome. Yeah, that was amazing. Because I, yeah. I don't know. On a little side note, I've been, I actually joined the R two D two Builders Club like years ago when it was just a like a forum like like an email type forum thing bulletin board yeah i know it's like a bulletin board type type deal and is it just interest to me and i wasn't even flying rc or anything back then and so i knew i knew of them and i just had never met a guy that built his own and had seen anything like that that was really cool and very impressive and he had the i mean i know we're going way off but he had the the two to three conversion, like the, the mm-hmm. R2D2, the legs, had, yep. a lot of guys don't have that middle leg suck up into them because it's so hard to do. But man, he had the whole thing. It was very impressive. Yeah. It was. was awesome. But yeah, so, that was the first year we met everybody, really. Um, mm-hmm. And that was, um, is that when we first met Chris Ryber, too? I think up there, right? No, he came to our pen. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, because yeah, you guys had your first fun fly that year. I didn't get down to that one because we went to another one somewhere in uh, Connecticut, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, then you guys came up to that one, yeah. but, uh, Chris's. I was looking yeah. forward to having you guys there because I was listening to the podcast right from the start. Mm-hmm. By the way, congratulations, you guys, on over 100 episodes of Free Fall RC Podcast. Thank you. It's, Thanks. I'll tell you, on a personal note, I want to thank you guys because uh, – I know it's a lot of work, and you know every week you guys are at it, and I'm telling you, it makes my week. Like Fridays, I know I'm going to have an episode of Free Fall RC to listen to, and <laughs> I know it doesn't come easy. And I, I really just personally want to thank you guys for all the hard work you put in because I I do personally enjoy it, and I know a lot of other people do too. So awesome. thank, thank you, you. thank you oh, so thanks, much, Phil. Now tell that thank to my wife. Yeah, right? <laughs> she's like every week you got this damn podcast. I'm like, yes, I know. My wife is always saying, when are you going to start making money off of that? No matter what it is that I'm doing. <laughs> I mean, you've that's shit. not yeah. going to happen. <laughs> yes. No. Um, we, had a, we had a big, long discussion one time about I, I made a I made a little latch thing that stuck out into the garage rail to stop the garage door from going up so I could lock the garage. And it's controlled with a servo and it's really crude. And she thought it was amazing. So she was like, why don't you make something that dispenses those damn coffee cup lids so they don't go all over the place and i was like well i can't compete with the shelf because that's what they got now and that seems to be working sort of she's <laughs> like no they always go all over the place yeah and we had a big long discussion about that 
Yeah, you're never going to make any money off the RC hobby. That's for sure. It's going to cost nah. you money. <laughs> exactly. Cost you a lot of money, but yeah, yeah. there's worse things we could be doing, right? <laughs> exactly. So, uh, okay. So, how long have you been in the hobby, Phil? I started RC way back in 1973. Uh, no I way. Built, yeah. Wow. I, I built a SIG Cadet that I got from Tower Hobbies. I had an old Tower Hobbies six-channel radio, and there was a great uh, club in Poughkeepsie called the uh, Mid-Hudson RC uh, Modelers or something like that, and uh, they're the club that puts on the big Rhinebeck uh, aerodrome okay, show. Yeah, Rhinebeck. Right mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were – they were really flourishing back in those days. They had two club fields, and uh, they had a great training uh, program set up. So it only took me maybe about two or three weeks to solo and and get flying by myself. And uh, nice. I really was having a blast with it. And uh, then I uh, found out that uh, my ex-wife and I were pregnant uh, for our first child. So I said, well, I can't really justify the money for this hobby when I'm trying to raise a family. Mm-hmm. So I kind of put the stuff up, but I, I said in the back of my mind, I'm, I'm going to keep this stuff because one of these days I'm going to start back up with this. Cause this is just too much fun. So it took me a number of years. It took me all the way to 2003 to get back into it. But oh, wow. uh, I, uh-huh. uh, I, I was up to my brothers uh, one week and my brother's the kind of guy that jumps into everything he does with both feet. So I go up mm-hmm. there and he's got a, he's got that Raptor V or the, that Raptor 30 V1 that I was telling you about earlier sitting in his living room. And I had no idea what it was or anything. So he told me all about, it. he says, you want to see it hover? I said, yeah. So we go out in the front yard and he, he couldn't do much more than hover it, you know, but that was an accomplishment back in those days just to get him up in the air. So yep. he hovered, he hovered it for me. I said, man, if you ever want to sell that, you know where to go, you know? So he said, okay, I'll keep that in mind. And he had a nice Futaba radio with it, all the best of the best stuff. About three weeks later, he calls me up. He says, hey, do you want that uh, Raptor 30? I said, yeah, why? He says, well, I got to go pick up a pinball game, and I need a pickup truck. He says, can you drive up and pick me up and go out over to New Hampshire? He says, and I'll give it to you. I said, I'll be there in about four hours. Nice. So, <laughs> so I headed up there. We went and got his pinball machine, and I got a, I got a Raptor 30 out of it. And, uh, man, it's history from there. I just uh, I fell right down the rabbit hole. Uh, I actually... Uh, I was flying the Raptor. The, the helicopters have always been my main interest. I don't know. It's just they're so challenging. But I, I fly planes a lot. I still I have, I have a bunch of planes. I got a gas uh, MX-2, uh, which is like 86 or 96 inches wow. wingspan. I got a... Mm-hmm. I got a 71-inch uh, 3D Hobby Shop slick. I've got a 51-inch slick. I've got the old Trojan T28 Trojan from Horizon Hobbies. I've got a bunch of you know profile foam planes for indoor flying, and I've got uh, a, the Buck Huck from 3D Hobby Shops, which is like a 42-inch wingspan 3D plane. And I I just put together last year a the beast uh, 60e from horizon the biplane and that oh, that's an awesome yeah wow. so i i got a lot of planks and i i do enjoy flying them so you know i i i delve into everything a little bit i'm getting into the drones now but helicopters have always been my main my main uh love of the hobby but uh so i got back in it back in 2003 and i haven't stopped since then i probably got 14 or 15 helis now and I, I 
I don't sell anything. I just keep everything. <laughs> Mike uh, Diamante's always laughing at me. He says, <laughs> you, don't, you don't get rid of anything. I said, no, I really don't. I, I have a hard time just trying to sell stuff. So I just keep it and fly it. You know, even if I fly it once or twice a year, to me, it's worth having around. And, you know, you see some of the old stuff and it makes you really appreciate the newer stuff that you got now. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, I've been, I've been in the hobby quite a while. I, I really, I'm invested. That's for sure. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so you fly helis, you fly planks, you fly motors, you fly everything, don't you, huh? I do. I even have a boat. I got a Traxxas. Uh, I got one of the old Traxxas uh, T-Max 1.5 uh, monster trucks that I bomb around the house okay. with. So <laughs> uh, I got a little Hobby uh, Hobby King uh, swamp boat. <laughs> it's got a little motor on the back, you know, like an airboat. That's like an airboat. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 nice. That thing, that thing is a blast to mess around with. About I actually want to make one out of foam board. <laughs> yeah, that, that these things are so cool. The only thing I haven't got is a flight test airplane. That's why I'm going to do that one of these days. I gotta, I gotta go on their website and dig one up that I like and and. Put Kevin, we in. should just go up there one day. You know, drive up there, meet up with Phil, and build a plane or help him build that plane and get it made in that day. You know. Yeah, yeah I mean, awesome. I got a lot of kits, so I could cut out whatever you're looking for. Let me know before you. I tell you, you Mike Diamante would probably love that because he's got a big shop, you know, and we could. Oh, we, there's many times we go up there and build for the whole day, so he would probably yeah. be right into that, you know. Yeah, let's do it. Let's set that up, yeah, especially yeah. with the winter. Absolutely. You know, as with long the as winter, his big like, garage is heated. <laughs> oh, it's heated. We're all nice and comfortable in there. We can fly tiny whoops in there, whatever we want. We were flying uh, the little night vapors in there last nice. year quite mm-hmm. a bit. So, you know, we, we're always up to something. Nice. I should drive down to the Orlando heli blowout and uh, build one with them there. It's not like he's going to be flying helicopters or anything, right? <laughs> probably not. I'll probably be, I'll probably be talking with everybody more than flying, but uh, that's half the fun of the things for yeah. me. I'm no, kind of like should, Fred. Uh, I, I'm gregarious. Fred, you go. I, I, yeah, you should come up, Fred, for sure. I'd love to meet you. Going to be a lot of guys up there. It's going to be a good time. I'll have to, I'll have to see if I can squeeze it in because that's uh, what's that? Two weeks from now? Yeah, yeah. December seventh through tenth. Uh, yeah, seventh to the tenth. Yep. My plans, Fred, are tentatively to to um. Stop by there on the Friday, I think. Um, oh, you're coming down then? The eighth, yeah, because I'm we're going to be in Florida that week, oh, and awesome. um, I'm going to drive up see my mom on Thursday, and then stay over Thursday, and probably come to the field Friday for a little bit just to say hi. Fantastic. And I'm bringing the wife, and I'm not too sure how I feel about that. <laughs> so she's going to be like, "Oh my god." You guys are yeah. flying these crazy things. <laughs> Especially yeah, when you want- see some of the pros fly. <laughs> yeah. She's going to be running for the hills. Yeah. Maybe she fly. might, maybe it might spark an interest. She might be like, okay, they look crazy and dangerous, but they're kind of cool. And maybe <laughs> I won't there give you is. shit about flying them. <laughs> yeah. There you go. It could work in your favor, Kev. Yeah. I never know. <laughs> oh, man. So everyone's going to be there except for me, huh? You guys obviously don't know my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Steve, it's only an airplane flight away. We know you can get the time off. <laughs> <laughs> time off, not the yeah. problem. For yeah, sure. I, don't to, I don't want to hear any time off comments. I'm yeah, working yeah, all yeah. It's Thursday. Just, it's just uh, the plane ticket and and yeah. time off from from the family. That's the problem. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute, yeah. Fred's working Thanksgiving. What is that? What he said? Fred said he was oh, working yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh, jeez. It's wait, a holiday, right? Open so for Thanksgiving. Come to the park. Oh, that stinks. Uh, They'll probably show up until about two or three, and then I bet you'll just die off to nothing because everybody will be home eating. But yeah, 
still enough to ruin your day, right? Right. <laughs> I'll just yeah. I'll just be able to take another day off somewhere else, right? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. My company calls that floating holidays. Absolutely. Yep. I think I think so, the park rangers uh, call it, that never going to happen. It's <laughs> floating all right. Yeah, so floating for sure. Uh man, so damn. Uh, man, I really want to try to get out there. I don't know. Uh, that would be cool if I could sneak out for for two, two things days. you got to do in your heli career is urcha and ohb. There, yeah. there must, uh, you already did the spring fling. Those are the three that I'd say mm-hmm. if you're into helis, you got to do those three. And I'm worried that you know there there were talks that this is gonna be the last OHP. There's been some rumors about that for a few years now, so it's okay. uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility because they're starting to encroach on that torches field now. There's uh, some condos going in in the back right hand corner that were never there. And, oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah. So uh, and plus, you know, after ten years, uh, it's it's tough to keep enthusiasm going for that long. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, you don't want to wait too long because I don't know how much longer they're going to have it. I hope they don't stop it because it's a great event. But you know, there has been talk about that happening. So what got you interested in the hobby? You know, back in '73. I don't uh, really know that it was anything in particular. I've just always had a. a uh, an affinity for aviation you know I, I always wanted to get my private pilot's license but i knew i didn't have the money to have an airplane and mm-hmm. i heard uh you know all the stories about people going in together two or three guys and i just never wanted to get into that hassle so you know if i had a plane i wanted to be able to fly it so i i never saw that happen so this was kind of like a great outlet to feed that curiosity sure. and and, I, and i've always just uh you know i've always been been drawn into like computers and and radio stuff and you know back in those days it was uh you know vcrs like kevin was saying and and uh cassette recorders and things any new technology it's always kind of you know sparked my interest so i think it was all a combination of that there was really nobody by me that did it that i knew personally i knew that you know once i started looking into it that the guys in the in the mid Hudson uh, RC club were around, but uh, I didn't know anybody personally that was into mm-hmm. it. That you know, would have got me started. So I guess it was just a kind of by happenstance that I kind of fell into it. But boy, when I got into it, I, it really got my attention in a hurry. I really enjoy it. I really do. Nice. Yeah. We can tell that you're really into the electronic side of things and all those gadgets from that killer night, like, <laughs> night show we had. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's like me in a, in a nutshell i just love that stuff i uh it takes me probably uh two weeks not full time but you know on and off to, mm-hmm. to do a set up a a song like that with the lights i'll have that thing down at ohb i think again and uh but you know i just enjoyed it especially now that i'm retired especially when the weather gets bad it's it gives me you know things to do down in the man cave uh, i'm just always watching videos or doing something like now i'm into this free sky uh you know uh, uh open tx stuff and that that's like oh man that's that you can't even keep up with what's going on in that realm of things wow i'm starting to really think about switching over to open tx for the helis and everything i haven't quite made the jump all the way over i got a couple of my smaller helis on it right now and it's kind of 
me trying to get used to the signal and trust in the radio signal and stuff because sure. I've always always been a Futaba guy and I've always had good luck with their protocols and it's awful hard to step away from something like that but I'll tell you what uh, so far with this free sky stuff I've been very impressed I got a I got a couple of airplanes on it I got my crack yak on it and uh, I've got a T-Rex 450 on it right now and I put my uh, fireball on the uh, oh you did okay I put the fireball on there and uh, I'm so loving what, it I, I'm sorry so what fly barless do you use I'm using not, uh, mostly Icon. Uh, on the Fireball, I have the uh, Mini Icon on there. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, on my Oxy, I have a, I have a couple of Spartans. I have a one uh, CGY 750 on my uh, 630 Night machine there. and okay. uh, But everything else is mostly Icon, either the original Icon or the Icon 2. Right, and right. I, I kind of want to go into the into the uh, free sky stuff because of the telemetry uh, mm -hmm. you know I, I i've always wanted to go move into telemetry and i, I have an old 8fg uh, futaba and i've never seen a need to to go to anything else because it does what i need it to do uh but it doesn't do telemetry so that's like the reason why i started looking around i kind of put my finger on a jetty for a while but man there's a lot of money you know and uh, especially yeah. when you're trying to switch over 14 helicopters or 15 yeah. helicopters you know, you got to get 15 receivers. So I started, you know, when I got my uh, first drone, I I got looking at this QX7 that just came out, and I ended mm -hmm. up buying one because they're only $100. But it's, you know, it's awful hard to trust a radio that's only $100. You know, it's kind of hard to put all your faith in that and put it on a heli. But, yeah, uh, you know, the more I flew the drone, I was never having any radio link issues with it. So I said, you know what, the time has come to – Try to try it out. So I, uh, I put it on a 450 T-Rex and, uh, you know, I've crashed that thing so many times that it doesn't even hurt my feelings when it goes in anymore. So I said, <laughs> you know, that's the one to try it out on. Yeah. And I'll tell you, the thing has been rock solid and, uh, there was a big learning curve on, you know, learning how to set it up. And I still don't know everything by any means, but I'm getting there. And, uh, the telemetry is just unbelievable. It's, it's, you know, you can do anything with that radio. You can put any function on any knob or any button. Sure. It's complete assignable, right? Yeah. I mean, everything is user assignable to whatever you want it to be. And you can make it talk to you. You can have it spit out verbal alarms. You can listen help, to help, music help. when you're flying. Yeah, anything. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm getting more and more comfortable with it and I, I could see myself moving over to it altogether because especially uh just recently uh icon announced that they were going to support it now with their telemetry their internal telemetry right, and i right. mm -hmm. i believe they're probably gonna even integrate it at some point so you don't need an app you can just you know do your fly barless stuff like the v control right off the radio i i think they're going to go that route at some point so if that happens i really wouldn't have any reason not to switch over so, so what kind of telemetry can you get right off the bat? Is is it because you're running like say your icon and then you're you're running your I guess an S bus type receiver, right? Right, like, yep. S bus so, so you get your 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 RX, you know, uh, voltage and stuff like that, but what other do they make sensors for it? How does it Yes, they do. Right now, uh, you need sensors, you know, you have to buy it. But the nice thing about their sensors is I don't think there's a sensor that's over 20 or $25 where, you know, the Futaba sensors are $70, $80. The Jetty sure. sensors are the same. So yeah. that's what kind of got my attention. But uh, so, you know, you have to get a current sensor or a, 
they have all the the usual sensors that everybody else has the gps altitude battery voltage current meter you know the whole thing so you can get any of that and make it work uh but the nice thing about uh the icon is that uh alex uh Mm-hmm. Is, is doing wonders with that thing and you know it'll take i i fly mostly castle ESCs, yep. and uh they're, they're just pulling all the information right from the castle esc so you don't need all of them all them sensors and all that wiring uh you know which is a pain in the neck no matter which system oh, so like your milliamp your capacity yeah, use every, all that stuff everything's voltage, coming right yeah. off of the castle so oh, nice. uh, all i'm going to need is a special cable that they're going to the uh, come up with in a couple of weeks he said it's probably going to be a few weeks before it's available but you just need that cable to run from the uh i think they're using the uh rpm wire there the signal wire and Mm -hmm. and you just have to pump that into channel four or five or six on the icon i haven't really read how to do it yet till i get the cable but then i'm going to have all of that stuff uh you know rpm current sensor the main thing i want is rpm and and milliamps used mostly but i'll have You know, I'll have everything else too. I'll have ESC temperature, uh, throttle percentage, everything. And the way Alex talks about it, and and I can see what he's saying. He says it's a great way to troubleshoot problems with your system if you do have yes. an issue where, you know, where your machine's cutting out something or or mm-hmm. just stops. Oh, you crash because of, of a radio glitch or something. You can overlay all of that information, and you know, probably pretty much pinpoint what happened at some point. So. Mm-hmm. That stuff really intrigues me. So that's that's where I'm headed with that. At some point, I'm I kind of got my eye on a 10s right now. The Horse 10s. They just came out with that because the one thing I found about the QX7, it, it just doesn't have enough uh, switches and buttons on it. It's a it's a 16 channel radio, you know, because you, you're using S bus, so you get the uh, access to the 16 channels, but you just don't have enough switches and and knobs to run everything because. Uh, I don't know if the V. I don't know much about V control, but like uh, the icon, you can do live tuning. Like you can assign three uh, parameters mm-hmm. to switches, and if you have the switches and knobs to do it, and you can live tune at the field till you get it to where you want it, then you can just you know take them off and you're done. You know, and that yep. sounds very convenient to me too. But unfortunately, with the QX7, I just don't have enough. Uh, you know knobs and, knobs, and right. buttons to do it so the 10s is set up more like my old futaba radios and uh they've got three knobs on the front they've got sliders on the side like the futabas mm-hmm. do so yeah. i'm i'm thinking i might have to uh pop for one of those pretty soon if i decide that i'm going to go this route and switch over altogether. i still haven't gotten a foot off the ledge yet but i'm i'm really headed in that direction right now so we'll see where it goes Nice. Yeah, because you can never have enough switches and knobs, dude. Oh, you can't, man. There's no such thing. Run out of that. No such I'll, thing. We'll, we'll have to talk on uh, Facebook later because I just finally dusted the uh, my Tyrannosoft. It's been sitting in the box for a year or more. Oh yeah, I, you'll, uh, love you'll love it, Fred. I'm telling you, I really am impressed with that thing. It. It just seemed really painful to operate before, but it's it's for some reason it's easier. Uh, for the programming, when I went to do it last the other day, I had accidentally ordered the wrong uh, flight control board for my Tiny Whoop. Oh, and okay. I, I got an FR Sky one, so I'm like, well, hey, I got an FR Sky radio. Yeah, so I wrote that out, and uh, yeah, it it wasn't quite as painful as I remembered it. So, it, it, there's getting to be more uh, 
you know, more instruction out there. There's a lot of videos. Couple of actually, I, I really do have to thank the drone world for a lot of it because they really have embraced yeah. that technology. And they there are a lot of guys putting out great videos on on how to do everything. Like uh, I, uh, it's amazing. They have these little receivers that are the size of a postage stamp. This excess XSRR. It's literally about the size of a postage stamp. Mm-hmm. And it's a full range receiver with full telemetry, and it's like twelve ninety nine. And jeez, uh, you know, and I I don't see anybody having any trouble with the with the radio link. I I do read some things about uh, latency and stuff like that in the radio signal, mm-hmm. but I mean, maybe if you're Kyle Stacy or Christy Amati, you're going to notice that. But old man three D's not noticing any latency. So, <laughs> right. You know, Kyle who? Uh, yeah, Kyle, Kyle Stacy, Kyle Stacy, Kyle Stacy. <laughs> yeah, I've been listening since the beginning. You guys, I know it all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you should uh, you should keep up with it, Fred, because I think you would enjoy it. I think you really would. I'm I'm impressed with that whole setup. And they just I just read something on Facebook today that they're coming up with a. Uh, they use what they call smart port, uh, smart port for their telemetry, and they're coming up with a new thing now, which is F port or something, and it's going to be a whole different animal and many more, you know, intricacies into it and uh, possibilities. So that's like just breaking ground now. So they're not resting on their laurels at all. They're they're going full bore. So you know, most of the innovation right now in the hobby is in that drone side of things. So yeah. That, you know that's where it's coming from, so I, I I might keep on this path for a while. We'll see. Cool. All right. Uh, let's see here. So you're currently retired, right? I am. Yeah. You know, I had, what What did you do for a living prior to your? Retirement? I uh, I was the first male operator in New York State way back in 1973, right out of high school. I worked for New York Telephone slash Ninex slash Bell Atlantic slash Verizon. <laughs> Uh, forty years with the with the phone company. Damn! Wow. Yeah, yeah, I started right out of high school. My mother said I lived in Poughkeepsie at the time. My mother said, "You've got to get a job either at IBM, Central Hudson, or the phone company, and and you you know you'll be set for life." And she was right. Uh, the woman was a smart woman. And uh, mm. right out right out of high school, I got lucky enough to uh, you know get get selected to the only trouble was i had to become an operator to, to get into the company they just weren't hiring outside people at the time mm-hmm. so i i put a year in as an operator which is probably the worst job on the planet but at least it got my foot in the door and then i i did a couple of years in drafting and then i finally got outside and uh i'll tell you i i really loved that job i i, I loved that job i i didn't even want to retire when i did it just that it was time to go but uh what do you mean you went outside it's uh i was working inside as an operator and a draftman for yeah. a while and i really wanted to go outside into cable splicing or repair work or whatever okay. so uh i got a job as a as a repairman installer and okay. uh so I did installing installation for probably 10 years, and then I got into cable maintenance, which was uh, repairing the cables, you know, if, if it was a cable trouble. I did that for another 10 or 15 years, and then I got into cable splicing, which was splicing new construction and fiber optics and stuff. So, nice. you know, the fiber optic cable stuff was, was interesting because it was all new, and, yeah, you know, that, that, was, that was a lot of technology there, so I enjoyed that. And then as time went by, we got into slick systems and, you know, uh, digital communication and stuff. So it was, 
there was never a dull moment in that job. And it was another job where, you know, you met people. And I was I was afraid when I got into the job that I was going to be meeting people. Their phone wasn't working. And, I mean, this was back in the day when the phone was a necessity. It's not yeah. like now where everybody has a cell phone. Back then, right. mm-hmm. you know, your landline was important. and uh, yep. Your analog four-wire. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was yep. your lifeline. And, man, I, I figured I'm going to get all these people that are going to be – you know, upset because their phone isn't working. And, and I, you know, I had my fair share of those people, but I'll tell you, most people are really nice people at a whole, you know, uh, at the core level of their being, they're, they're just good people. And I, I met so many nice people in that job, just talking to them, uh, you know, and they'd follow you around while you're working on their phone and you start talking about, you know, what they're doing for vacation or anything, you know, and it, it was just a great job. It really was. And it was back when the, companies treated you like a human being you know i mean it was mm-hmm. almost like family and uh those days are gone now i i mean the company's completely turned around now it's no, nothing like it was but yeah. uh you know it was just a, a great place to go to work i enjoyed every minute of it oh, awesome so do you i mean you've been in you've been flying helicopters for a while are you do you have any sponsorships mm, i'm a, a team pilot for rc heli hangout that's it yeah, i've nice. uh, I've never actively gone after a sponsorship. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'd be a good fit because I just, you know, I don't want to have to do anything in particular when I'm at the field. I, I just go to have fun, and you know, wherever that leads me, it leads me, and I don't want to have to push a particular product or, you know, uh, have to do a demo or something like that. I, I think that would take away from the fun of it for me. So. I, I've never been that interested in pursuing that, so I I don't have any sponsors other than RC Heli Hangout, and that happened at uh, Chris Rybert's Fun Fly this year. Uncle Ron Course came came over mm-hmm. to me and said, "Do you want to be a team member?" And uh, I like that I like that Facebook Hangout, and you know, there's good guys there, so I said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely do it." So, uh, so I'm part of that, but uh, other than that, no, no sponsors. Nice. So, so how did you come up with this old man 3D? Did you come up with it? Did someone brand you with that nickname? I, or I think I came up with it. I, I, I don't really know to tell you the truth, but I think one day I did come up with it. I, somebody asked me, like, how do you fly? I, I said, I fly old man 3D, you know, and <laughs> I think that's where I came up with it. And then uh, I kind of always thought about taking it to the next level and maybe, you know, kind of branding it a little bit but i never did it goes back to me not wanting sponsors and not wanting mm-hmm. to have to take the time to do it but uh a good friend of mine james uh masula uh he kind of ran with it a little bit and he he made the old man 3d logo for the for uh just awesome t-shirt. yeah mm-hmm. it's just so simple and great and he he put it on a, a a couple of t-shirts and he ordered about five or six t-shirts so we had t-shirts made and uh everybody's always asking me for a t-shirt and stuff so we're, we're thinking about doing it again but uh you know we'll have to see but he kind of pushed it he does everything old man 3d he's got a 3d printer and he you know he makes blade holders and uh yeah. and, uh little fan covers for the charge cases mm-hmm. yeah everything's got old man 3d on it so he's kind of taking it to the next level but uh nice we have a lot of fun with it it's, it's kind of enjoyable so it's it's just kind of blossomed from there that's cool. awesome. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, I guess coming right off of that question, so what kind of pilot would you describe yourself as? <laughs> and 3D. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. so, so what what makes it uh, what makes your pilot style old man 3D? Like, why do you describe it that way? 
Well, you know how everybody sets up three flight modes for their helis, right? And I do. Mm-hmm. I do the same thing. I've got like like on my 700s, I usually have my first flight mode is 1850. Second flight mode is 1950. Third flight mode is like 2100. Mm-hmm. But I never, I don't even think I ever touch the third flight mode. I, it, I might just do it just to see if it's set up right. And I don't have a tail lag or something, but mm-hmm. I may as well not even do it because I just don't fly in that mode. I'm usually down in either idle up one or idle up two, probably spend most of my time in idle up one at 1850. And I, that's just how I learned to fly. And I, I don't do any kind of smack moves. I just, I just didn't learn how to do it. Uh, not that I wouldn't like to do some of it, but I, I just, it would have to be a whole new training method for me because everything I do is just slow. Like my front flips, I kind of just push the copter over with the stick, you know, and, and then I just kind of pop it up lazily into something else and do a little lazy pirouette or something. And everything's kind of slow motion. And uh, that's just what I enjoy. And, uh, you know, so that's where the old man 3d thing kind of came, came into play. So, uh, I don't rarely get into those high head speeds. Like you guys run a lot of times. So the old man stays right down there in the low end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you done any real low head speed stuff like 1300 no. and less no i haven't but i do want to do that and uh i just have to settle on what i want to do to do it uh one of the guys that i fly with over at my local hobby shop in mass there uh he has an old t-rex that he uh t-rex 700 that he just flies as a 6s mm-hmm. yep. and he's got he's got the cheapest stuff that you can get on it but it works for him, and uh, I'm actually thinking about maybe buying that from him because he said he might sell it. So uh, I'm thinking about getting that and just running 6S and getting it down around 1400 or so. And uh, I mean, it'll probably be less than 1400 yeah, 6S. It probably will. I, I don't know exactly what he's running at, but uh, yeah. I, I definitely want to delve into that. And I, I'm actually thinking about going that route for the uh, Nats because I tried the Nats last year for the first mm-hmm. time. I had a lot of fun with it, and uh, I I, want to try it again, but I I really – I want to get a machine that I can practice with because Mike Diamante and Christopher loaned me their uh, Urukai last year, and (laughs) I got to thank them for that, but, you know – yeah, I was scared to death flying that thing. Not that I, I'm a good pilot and everything, but still, I really – I rarely fly other people's stuff. I just don't like it. And – Mm-hmm. You know, but they they were gracious enough to offer it to me, and I really didn't have anything else that fit the bill, so I I did fly it, but I wasn't flying it comfortably, you know, and uh, yeah. I think it showed in my performance. So I'd like to get something set up before you know the season starts next year that I can I can get a little more dialed in for the uh, precision flying. So I I think I might go that route at some point. Get a logo six ninety. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I just haven't put my finger on what I want yet, but I, I'm definitely going to do something because after watching, uh, I see Kevin's into it now. I, I watched him at la- the last couple events we've been at, and Christopher mm-hmm. Diamante does it stupendously with his goblet yeah. stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Todd Dudek is another one that I, I, I was mm-hmm. watching Todd Dudek fly his fireball up at Chris's uh, fun fly in Rochester there this year. And I, I literally could have sat there all day and watched that man fly that fireball because nothing 
quick about it, all just smooth, low head speed stuff. And it was just, it, it just put a whole different light on that fireball that you just don't see in other videos. And that stuff just really cranks me up. I just love it, you know? So, so I could see myself getting into that at some point for sure. Nice. So what kind of tricks have you been working on? Do you have any new tricks that you've been kind of, or new things that you've been trying to work on? I have a bunch of stuff that I, I work on all the time. I'm a great simmer, a believer in the sim. I sim a lot. Nice. I got, oh, good for you, man. Yeah. yeah I, especially during the winter, I, I, I go on a sim quite a bit. I got real what's, flight. What's your, seven, yeah. What's them? I got real flight 7.5, which I spend most of my time on, but I just did uh, download the uh, AccuRC and I'm getting nice. used to that. Uh, I don't have it dialed in 100% yet, but I, I do like mm -hmm. it. So uh, I, I do do that. And uh, the thing is, I can do a lot of stuff on the sim, just like everybody else, you know. But <laughs> yeah. when you try to translate it out into real life, uh, the the biggest thing for me is I, I had a bad accident with a heli back a number of years ago. I almost lost the top of my middle finger uh, from one that exploded on me. So, uh, you know, I've, I've tasted what they can do to you. And uh, that never really leaves you when it happens. Mm -hmm. uh, Oh, and, uh, you know, I still fly with that, you know, that in the back of my mind, I think. And whenever I'm doing a move that starts to come toward me or the flight line, I, unless I'm in a hundred percent complete control. And I mean, I gotta really be comfortable, uh, you know, I'll bail out of it because I, I just get nervous. Uh, and, oh, and no, believe, totally. you know, believe me, crashing is, is the least thing on my mind i've crashed so many times that i don't even worry about it anymore mm -hmm. i i had a a gowie uh nx7 a couple of years ago that i actually won it in a raffle down in ohb and i had a uh a freak thing on it that, that i kept losing radio signal on it and it turned out that it was the a little metal connector inside the servo connector that was backing out every time i pushed the servo connector in the <laughs> wire would back yeah. out it would, it would touch just enough to make contact and you had everything you needed to fly but it was on a nitro and after about a minute or so it would vibrate out and it wouldn't come out of the plug so you wouldn't see it but it was not making contact with the pin so i ended up crashing that nx7 three times in one week oh, and, you know, man. and you know how much a 700 crash costs you <laughs> Well, yeah. I went I went through about fifteen hundred dollars in one week, but I'm I'm the kind of guy that I don't give up, you know. I yeah. I, I finally found out what was wrong with it. But anyway, that just to say, you know, I, I don't care about crashing. That's the least thing, uh, at least of my worries. But every time I start to do like an inverted funnel coming, and I come around and I get past that three quarter mark, mm -hmm. if, if I don't have it just right where I think it should be, I just bail out of it because I just cannot stand the thought of that thing going over my head into the crowd or something like that you know sure. yeah uh, so I, I i really do have a little monkey on my back with that that i've been trying to conquer uh not that that's a bad thing i think you got to be aware of that for sure but i would like to get a little more comfortable and because i can do inverted funnels on the sim no problem and i you know i have mm -hmm. the movements down so i think if anything that's what i got to work on is just trying to get over that fear of having a helicopter yeah. 
a control. And that's uh, where rescue comes in a little bit. I haven't used rescue all that much because I've kind of been stuck just doing things that I'm really comfortable doing, and I just don't usually mess up with them anymore. But mm-hmm. as you start to do new stuff, you know you're going to mess up. And yeah. I just got to – I have to get used to hitting that rescue button and you know just going up high and trying it. And if it doesn't work, just hit rescue and let it get out of harm's way. So yep. – uh, I think that might help me kind of get over that that block, but uh, I think so too. Yeah, so that that's one of the biggest things. Uh, I I do want to start doing like inverted funnels, and I'd love to be able to do the the inverted funnels where you switch from inverted to upright in the middle, like they do, and then come around like a figure eight, you know, and then you yeah. switch again in the middle. I love that move, and I I yeah. haven't been able to, I haven't been able to figure that out. And pirouetting funnels, I I kind of get them on the sim, but I don't have them down a hundred percent, but now there's the perfect move that I I don't think I'll ever try it in real life because I just don't know if I'll ever be comfortable enough to to try it out. You know, I mean, but, you do it like a hundred, two hundred feet in the air, it's not too bad. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You know, I that's I got to learn. I learned to do that and just trust that rescue button that you know it's going to get you out of trouble. Yes. So, yep. Don't trust it on nitro though. <laughs> no, no, not on nitro. I don't even think about rescue on nitro. I don't, I, that's not even on the on the card. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> cool. Um, you guys have any questions? I want to. While well, I think some, think up some more. Now that you mentioned nitro, I was going to ask Phil if he owns a nitro at all. I no. do. I do. I have a, a Goblin Black Nitro. I have the Raptor Thirty V One. I have mm-hmm. a Six Hundred T Rex Nitro. And I have an old uh, miniature air uh, Fury Extreme Nitro. Nice. Wow, a, man. Yeah, I got a bunch of nitros. I I actually like nitro a lot. I re- I really enjoy it. I'm not very good at tuning or anything like that. That's one of mm-hmm. my Achilles heels. I I really need to sit down with a guy like J.C. Zenkel or somebody like that. And he's offered to do that many times with me. In fact, I might take him up on it at OHB this year. I just I usually hate to bother them guys because they're always so busy. But yeah, any of them guys, they're very accommodating like that, and and they they literally do mean to come look them up. You know, they tell you that all the time. Just come and get me. You know, and we'll do it. And I know they mean it, but I just don't like to interrupt them, so I don't ever go over and do it. But I really need to sit down with a guy like that. That's uh, he's like a YS expert. I fly all YS motors, so. Uh, you know, I need to sit down with a guy that can teach me how to tune them and uh, do it the right way. I mm-hmm. get them flying, but they're always flying on the rich side, which isn't a bad thing. No. Uh, I've never had a, you know, I've never burnt up a motor, but uh, I just never get the power out of them. But, you know, I Old Man 3D doesn't need that much power, so right. they, they usually suffice for me. But I, I would just like to know how to get them, you know, tuned onto the pipe a little bit better. So that's something I got to work on, too. But I do enjoy Nitro a lot. Nice. Cool. Phil, you mentioned you live in Massachusetts. No, I live in New York. I have a oh. hobby shop that's close to me. It's just over the Massachusetts line. But I, I live uh, just below Hudson, New York. I don't know if you know where that is or not. It's about 30. I'm about 35 miles uh, south of Albany. Oh, okay. Have you been over to the old Rhinebeck Museum? Yes, that's only about 20, 20 minutes from my house. I've been oh, there many, man. many, many, many times. I've been wanting to go there for years. It is a great place to visit. They got some really, really nice, nice airplanes. What you should do is uh, try to plan it in September. I, I, I don't. They have a date, but I can't remember if it's like the second week of September all the time or whatever. But that's when the the Mid Hudson RC Club has their uh, RC event down there at the Aerodrome. So okay. you 
you get to do RC and see the uh, full aerodrome show also. Uh, and they have all the airplanes on display and everything. So you kind of get uh, a little bit of both the uh, nice. RC and the real world in it. It's, it's definitely worth a trip up there. They got some really neat stuff there. Really neat stuff. Awesome. So, Phil, do you still fly planes? Oh, yeah. Full scale? All the, all the time. Uh, all, oh, no, not. I oh, never did fl- you mean full scale? Steve no, no, no. I, I meant oh. just RC. Like, I know yeah. he's been in the quad stuff a lot, Blankets. especially in the winter. But, and, and anytime <laughs> we've hung out with Phil, it's always been helicopter events. So, I'm just curious, yeah. like, you know, do you still fly planes? That's where it threw me, Fred, when Steve said planes and not. Hey, Phil, are you, st- are you still shit. a planker? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, because Phil can't be a planker. He's too no, nice of a guy. No, I am I am a full-fledged planker. I go over <laughs> I go over to Lee, Massachusetts, which is where my hobby shop used to be. He's uh-huh. out of business now, unfortunately. But mm. every Friday night, we go over there, and I bring my helis. I go early because I'm a retired dude. And uh, I get there about 11 o'clock, and I fly from like 11 till 2 or 3, just strictly heli. It goes mm-hmm. back to what Steve was saying about – you know, having one or two guys and you're there and you're just really flying, you're in the zone. And yeah. I got one or two guys that I can do that with. And we go early just for that reason. And, you know, we'll, we'll put in, you know, six, seven, eight flights, like nothing, you know, just like that. And, mm-hmm. and it's great because you're concentrating, you're learning new things. And then after that, uh, Right around three o'clock is when the airplane guys start to show up. So then I just pull out my airplanes and, uh, you know, fly whatever I happen to bring over. Sometimes I'll bring the crack yak. Uh, I love gliders. I got a, I had a, uh, a Calypso, a Tower Hobbies mm-hmm. Calypso. I love flying yeah. that thing. Uh, I like I say, I got the Beast 60E. I haven't really flown that uh, that much yet to be super comfortable with it. So I don't take it over to Lee because that's kind of a tight field. But uh I, I've got the 71-inch slick. I fly that. Yeah, so pretty much every week I'm flying a plane of some sort. Phil, that beast is uh, pretty radical, isn't it? Oh, it's a it's a wicked nice airplane. It really is. Uh, it, the thing that got me with that is it, it scared me because I watched a lot of YouTube videos on it, and guys were, were snapping it like crazy, you know, like uh, just losing the wingtip and snapping it right into the ground. And, really? Uh, it had me scared wow. to death to try and fly the thing because I'm a pretty good airplane pilot. I mean, I can do 3D. I can hover, do rolling circles, knife edge, all that stuff, you know. Nice. But uh, they had me scared to death to fly that thing because I, I figured it was going to just snap right into the ground on me. But <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen that tendency at all. I think either they're just using way too much rate on it or or they're uh, – I think a lot of guys are, are flying it with the AS3X. And they recommend setting it up with that, but I just I've just never been a proponent of that safe stuff. I, I I'm I, I'm I'm more old school, like just you know get on a buddy box with somebody if you have to or whatever. But you know learn to fly without the help because that stuff just kind of it hampers your ability to progress. You know, I I think that's my own personal opinion. But uh, well, I mean I don't mind if the plane has like a, a rescue type mode, but not something where it's so heavily like. Um, Jaros will do so much for you that right, right. Yeah, that that's where I think guys get in trouble is they just start to rely too much on those gyros, and then when they, you know, have to wean off of them, they just over control everything right into the ground, you know, and right. <laughs> it's tough. I can definitely understand where you're coming from because I uh, I had issues with the Sequoia for a while, uh, just because it would try to hold the attitude until it got to a certain point and then stall, and then it would drop on landing and that has you know the as3x in it but now right. that i understand 
how it works. Um, you know, I kind of fly it knowing what I'm in for. Right. You know, so. How about stability mode? Isn't that great? No, that sucks. <laughs> That's so it's worthless. Mode. I mean, I could, I could see where the engineers were like, oh, that'd be cool. You could just stick bang like crazy and let go and it'll just self-level. Yeah. But. After two seconds of you letting the sticks go. I mean. That's yeah. counterintuitive to everything. Right. Yeah. You, you never learn to correct anything. It's uh, actually, wait a minute. What are we talking about? Is that, is, is that crazy six rescue right there? I'm describing? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure AMA was probably like, uh, you know, the last thing we want people to do is like take their hands off the radio for right. two seconds. <laughs> Ricky, Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> he scares yeah. me when he does that. I mean, I have to give it to Ryzen Hobby. They, you know, they really have gotten a lot of people involved in the hobby with that AS3X and stuff that, you know, would have never thought about getting involved. So I, uh, you know, hats Mm -hmm. off to them for that because, you know, you need new blood to keep the thing going for sure. But uh, I just, just personally, it hasn't been my way to learn to fly like that. But I can see where a lot of guys would appreciate it for sure. Yeah. And on the little micros. It's perfect. I mean, it makes all the difference in the yeah, world. Because a win, like that's exactly. A, you know, especially if you do want to fly inside, which is getting more and more popular. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you really can't fly inside without some kind of, you know, as a beginner pilot anyway, without some kind of safe or attitude hold kind of thing or something. Uh, so you know, it definitely has its place for stuff like that for sure. Yep. All right. Uh, any other questions for Phil? I have a question. Yeah. How is your 3D printer coming along? I know you were really into that. You bought one of those A-Nets, I think, or that's a Prusa A-Net, clone. Yeah, the A-8, and I'm loving it. I. That's another you had thing. Good luck I, with I, that, right? Yeah, I've had really good luck for. Uh, I mean, it's a hundred and I got it at the time for 152. I think now they're wow. down to like 138 dollars or something Jeez. like that. It's really? Great. From where? Uh, from Gearbest or anywhere, pretty much. Uh, Gearbest uh, is where I got mine, and. Uh, uh, I, th- that thing has been so much fun. I knew nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing mm-hmm. about 3D printing, but I wanted to learn. So I, uh, and I still don't know much about CAD. I, I've drawn a few really, you know, basic, basic things on, on CAD. I'm using a program called FreeCAD. And, uh, so, you know, I'm starting to wet my feet with that a little bit, but I, I, I depend on mostly Thingiverse to get my stuff or, or, yeah. uh, that, the, guy james masula that i was t- telling you about mm-hmm. my friend he's a you know a, a mechanical engineer by trade so he knows you know the cad stuff inside and out so if i really need something drawn up he'll do it for me and and then i just get the stl from him and, and print it up but uh nice. I've, I've made a you know i made a muffler plug for my nitros you know very basic stuff like that but Hey, for a guy that knew absolutely nothing about any of that stuff, when that when that muffler plug came out on that bed, it was like you you couldn't pay for <laughs> yeah, the smile. Amazing, right? Yeah, I mean, just just unbelievable. And uh, you know, I, 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 there's a few things on the A net that you know the the guys are complaining about the power supply that it, you know it catch on fire and stuff. Luckily, I haven't had that happen yet, but. Uh, the bed connector where the hot wires uh, connect to the back of the bed, the, it has a tendency to burn them off of there because uh, they're using cheap wire and stuff. And I, I did have that happen. So I ended up uh, spade clips and putting it on with spade clips. And I haven't had an issue since then. And the guys, okay. 
you know, some guys are complaining about the bearings. You know, they're kind of cheap, but I haven't had any issue with that. I, I really haven't had hardly any trouble with the thing other than uh, that connector burning in the back there for $150. It's given me a lot of fun, I'll tell you that much, and it hasn't stopped yet. Uh, you know, I, I'm always looking for stuff every night to print, so. Nice. That's awesome, man. And that is a, what do you, you download it to an SD card and then load it in that way? Right now I'm doing both. I'm either printing off the USB port or I'm downloading on an SD card. But mm -hmm. uh, at some point I want to get a Raspberry Pi and hook it up to the Raspberry Pi and just run it off the network. And that way I can put a camera down here and, you know, have, have a camera watching the print. Like if I'm taking off for the night or something. And that way if something messes up, I could shut the thing off from, you know, over in Massachusetts or wherever I happen to be. So right. at some point I want to set that up. So yeah, that's exactly what I did. I use OctoPrint and I set oh. up a camera down there. Oh, okay. So, so I, I got can see what's going on. I've got somebody's brain to pick then when I want to do it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And and my I use Cura to get the G code out for mine. It had a you know a special setting for the Lutzbot Mini, but then I've also screwed that up and kind of bypassed the whole Lutzbot setting and almost drove the head into the the bed itself. But uh, nice. yeah, but I, I I I'll be picking your brain on how you set that up. You know how you you know slice everything. Yeah, I'm I'm slicing with Cura, uh, an old an older version of Cura that came with the printer. They give you like uh, I don't even know it might be 1.6 or something. It's a really old version, but it's working good. So I I haven't messed with it, but I did download the latest uh, Cura on my laptop, and I'm going to play with that a little bit next time around because there there does seem to be a lot more uh, options for retraction and you know mm -hmm. uh, layers and things like that stuff that you don't have. Uh, in in the real basic cura so uh, i do want to try that out and see but right now i just been printing with the cura that came with the machine and it's been working fine so uh i've Very been more cool. than happy with that thing i i would really recommend it to anybody that was wanting to jump into 3d printing and not have to spend a lot of money wow. yeah i'm seeing one on uh gearbest for 139.99 yeah that's 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 the one you know it's an acrylic frame uh, you know, so you don't have a nice metal frame, but I haven't had any issues with the acrylic frame at all. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the, the extruder seems to work fine. The heat bed's working fine. Yeah. Uh, I do you do PLA or ABS? It'll do uh, PLA, ABS, and uh, TPU. No problem. I mean, what do you primarily print? Oh, I, I've been mostly uh, PLA, but I've, I've gotten into printing a lot of stuff with TPU lately. Uh, uh, like I'm, I'm making blade holders now for the helis with TPU. Mm. Yeah, and, uh, that Ninja Flex, a little softer stuff. Right? Yeah, the Ninja Flex stuff. It's a little softer for the blades, and uh, like my my little uh, racing drone there, the two inch one. The guys wanted to put LEDs on them so you could see them better when you're flying. So I, I had taken a strip of those uh, night light three leds we have for the night lights, you know. And it, you guys probably know that you can only cut them down into three light right. streams, you know so i cut yeah. one of those down and i glued it onto a board and i glued the board to the back of the uh to the drone just for the first weekend because i didn't know what else to do to put an led on there <laughs> well it turns mm -hmm. out they've got these little like uh, it's maybe the size of a nickel and it's got three addressable leds on it and you can go into beta flight and you know you can make them different colors you can make them flash on and off you can turn them into turn signals whatever you want to do with the things you know and uh I uh one of the guys that 
the flies in the club up there. He's into 3D printing, and he made up a, an STL file for a little thing that mounts on like a, the screws that attach the frame together. There's like a post that goes through in between the two frames, almost like in the hill and uh, the T-Rex helis, you know, where you got a post to keep the frames apart, the frame sides apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like a hexagon kind of post, and he made a 3D print that, you know, the, that hexagon thing slides through, and then it's like a press fit through a, a circle that's in the in the back of the 3D, uh, little 3D thing that's about the size of a nickel, and, and that's how you mount it onto the thing, and it works perfect. So, you know, the, the, the possibilities with that 3D printer are just endless. It, yeah. It's just – you got to know how to make the stuff in in you know in in uh, CAD, and that's where I'm lacking right now. But I'm I'm going to get there. That's going to be one of my winter projects. Just learn a little bit here and there. The latest thing is funny. We were talking about R two D two at the beginning of the episode because the latest thing I just downloaded off a Thingiverse was a guy made a full size R two D two and he three D printed it. Oh. And he, it's in like a billion pieces. Oh, man. <laughs> you got to put it all together and you got to probably use a ton of filler on it and sand it all. But I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty amazing. Like, you know, because uh, the, the domes back when I was, you know, interested in that, you know, they would do a run on the domes and those were like three to five hundred dollars just for the aluminum domes that they would yeah, spin down, yeah. and, you know, right. and the frame kits and all that. I mean, that guy at the show, he probably had, you know, between six and ten grand into that thing oh easy because yeah. that thing like you say that was top shelf yeah it was now, all you're, aluminum. You're, you're a big thing of her sky kevin did you see that thing they just had like you know how they feature stuff at the top of the page when you go on right. about maybe two or three weeks ago they had this little thing that looks like a spider with about eight or ten legs on it and and it's dancing around with these legs like they're run by servos Every yeah. every leg's run by servos. I'm going to make one of those. That's going to be my next mission. To oh wow! Get all the boards and stuff for that because there's a a GoFundMe uh, or a Kickstarter for it, and the guy will sell you all the you know Raspberry Pi boards or whatever. He's, mm-hmm. I think he's using. I actually think he's using Palulu boards or something like that to control each leg with a servo, and uh, you know the whole thing is 3D printed. So I, I'm going to try to put one of those together. So that might be a cool project. Yeah. That's wow. awesome, man. Yeah, I have a few things on Thingiverse, just like blade holders and uh, not blade holders, but uh, tool holders and stuff. I came up with that I I I really I use every day, and they just oh, they yeah. know, like they hold they hold CA and Loctite and all my yep. tools and that kind of garbage. Yep. But uh, that's where I got my tank off of Thingiverse. And yeah, the I was guy, gonna say you made the tank, right? I, that, yeah, that, that's cool. That thing. Yep, <laughs> and you know I had to make I had to come up with my own treads, but. Uh, that thing works man i i'm amazed at how good that thing can go through almost anything and for whatever it is i mean the filament was it like 10 bucks in filament and it's like five dollars for the for the the gear the worm drive Mm -hmm. gears motors yeah yeah it's just amazing i i'd probably have to do one of them at some point too it is the technology is crazy it's just unbelievable yeah it's great i mean i wish i had it when i was a kid oh man geez Uh, we we would have been in a lot less trouble (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's for sure Uh uh-huh are we ready for the top 10 oh i'm ready top 10 all right so the top 10 shotgun round all right do you guys want to switch off every other third question freddy sure I am still here and not even snoring. Nice. And your mic's nice. not even muted. <laughs> well, it was. I just unmuted it. 
<laughs> but you realize it was. That was the part. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so I'll start it off, and then uh, Fred, you want to go second, and then Kevin go sure. third, and we we'll just go in that rotation. Okay. All right. Pinch or thumb? Pinch. Nitroelectric. Uh, nitro. Uh, five fifty or seven hundred size helicopters. Uh, I have both, but definitely lean more towards the 550, 500 size. And I guess I could ask him about park flyers and quarter scale. Do you like park flyer mm-hmm. models in the airplanes that low size, or do you like quarter scale? I love park flyers only because of the convenience. I, I enjoy flying the bigger airplanes much more, but the places, especially up by us, for some reason, the places to fly them are kind of slim. I mean, we can fly at the airport that we fly at, but... Uh, noise problems a lot of other places where they're kind of outlawing them now so the park mm-hmm. flyers i can take them anywhere and go and uh so i would have to lean towards the park flyers i think okay, okay. uh well <laughs> you got into the hobby of 73 so this question is <laughs> gonna be funny but uh yeah do you know what a fly bar is or have you flown a fly bar Oh, I have flown the I've flown the fly bar. I'm not as far back as the old piezo gyros and all that. Oh but, man, yeah. Uh, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> come into it that that long. No, ago, no mechanical but, gyros. You had to wait for them to spin up first, and yeah, you no, hear the no, whine. No mechanical gyros, but I did have a bunch of 401 Futaba gyros. The GY. That was yep. that was the gyro of the day for me back then. That was what everybody was using. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, all my stuff, all my early stuff was fly bar stuff. So very well versed in the fly bar world. <laughs> nice. All right, old man scale or old man 3D? <laughs> I I've always been a 3D guy. I don't know. I I wouldn't mind having a scale bird like Kevin just bought one. I I I would like to do that at some point. I'd like to have one. But I, I I wouldn't see myself ever going in that direction full time. Mm-hmm. I like the pod booms. Nice. So are you a strap guy or are you a strapless guy? At the moment, I'm strapless. I started out as a strap, and I I mean, you would not see me flying without a strap. It was almost like I couldn't fly without a strap. And then mm-hmm. I don't know where where I lost the strap, but somewhere along the line, I lost the strap. And now it's just like, I can't put it back on. I feel uncomfortable with it on. So <laughs> I'm, I'm strapless all the way now. Hmm. Uh, cordless or brushless servos? Uh, brushless. I haven't delved into the cordless world at all. And then um, on the flip side, on the airplane side, do you like to go with the high end Futaba or high tech servos for your planes? Or do you, you know, go with the cheapo hobby King or other, you know, cheapo brands. Yeah, no, usually on the airplanes, I stick with the high-tech stuff. I really like their servos for the airplanes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've never had any issues with them, and they do work well. So, Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Use large style or pot and boom? I actually like the the, the Goblin style a lot, uh, mainly because the old man 3D eyes just don't mm-hmm. see it that well anymore. So <laughs> that's really what attracted me to the Goblins when they first came out, and it – still to this day like even that little fireball it's amazing yeah. how much difference that wow. that you know 
canopy and boom make as far as being able to see that thing compared to like the oxy i mm-hmm. I, I do like the oxy i love flying that oxy and i i can't say that the fireball has eclipsed it uh, it's came it's it's coming real close but i it hasn't made it yet i don't think it will either because i think the oxy is, has got the edge but it, it, it is a little hard for me to see it sometimes so i got to keep it in a little bit closer than i do the fireball the fireball i can kind of do a little bit more 3d big air like i like to do you know mm-hmm and actually still be able to see it. So that's why I kind of gravitate towards the fireball kind of setup. Okay. Are you 6S or 12S? I'm mostly mainly 6S. The only 12S machine I got is my Nightbird. And uh, I don't have any 700 electrics, believe it or not. All my 700s are nitro. Uh, hmm. So I'm mostly 6S in the electric side. Okay. And 2S on the nitro side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, I guess the last question here is Urcha or smaller events? So big events versus small events. I definitely like the smaller events much more. It just seems uh, like you get to know people better. Uh, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it's not as, as high pressure. And especially if you do want to, you know, at least meet the, the pros and talk to them a little bit, I they seem to be – less on edge at a smaller event than they are at the bigger events. And uh, to me, this, this whole hobby is about the fun flies and stuff. I mean, I just love talking to people. I've always been that way. I'll talk to anybody and I, I just love meeting people. And, and, you know, this hobby is full of so many nice people and the fun flies are where you meet them. And, uh, I I just wish I could get to a lot more of them. You know, unfortunately, it does get expensive to travel around. I mean, I get lucky because I I usually go with Mike most of the time. So, you know, it it makes it easier. But, uh, you know, I I would go to every one of them if I could. Like, I I, I know you guys know Raja uh, uh, from the Heli World. And and that Mm -hmm. guy, he's like my idol, man, because he goes to every fun – or maybe not so much anymore, but – Back in the day, you know, in the in the middle two thousands, there that guy used to go to every fun fly up and down the eastern seaboard. Uh, you wow. know, he would just take off in the winter and head way down to you know when Birmingham was one of the biggest fun flies. He was down. He would start down there and mm-hmm. then he'd just work his way up from there to all the different ones: Virginia, Maryland. You know, almost any fun fly that was out there, you'd see him out there flying his gassers, <laughs> you know. And that, yeah, that's yeah. always kind of what I kind of envisioned myself doing at some point is just taking off for a whole year, just going to every fun fly I could find somewhere. I might still do that at some point. We'll have to see. But uh, that would be awesome. That is really where I get my enjoyment out of the hobby is just I don't even have to fly, really. Mm-hmm. I can go I can go to a fun fly and never even take a helicopter out of the car and still have a great time just uh, – talking to everybody and and seeing what guys are flying and seeing what they're up to and yeah just catching up yeah i just love it i really do i enjoy that part of the hobby so much yep yep awesome awesome yep so i wanted to add this this little section for this episode specifically because this episode is coming out the day after thanksgiving so i want to put a little thanksgiving you know segment we'll say just for this episode. Basically, I want to give thanks to to all my my Heli family, my RC family, um, and my real family for putting up with all my RC shit and 
and you know it pulls me away from the family so much and and for for my wife to be so understanding and you know my kids and everything to understand that this is something that I really love doing and you know they let me do it without too much too much vein too much pain <laughs> you know so, yeah absolutely i mean you just had a baby too man yeah for crying out loud yeah so i want to thank you kevin for for keeping up with me <laughs> putting up my shit uh, <laughs> with this podcast and i know you know it was your idea to start with this and kind of we ran with it like without even looking back like just full force full steam ahead type of deal so you know thank you kevin hell and, yeah and, man you know and, and all the people right like Fred for for joining us on our show and our on our little venture here. I think it's awesome. It's you know that <laughs> I I still remember the first time I I met Fred and really the first time was you guys got to go. <laughs> you know that that will kind of always stick with me. <laughs> and but, and um, I still feel the same way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so thanks Fred, you know, thanks Phil, you know, you guys are Phil the Diamantes, you know, Mike Dolores, Chris, uh, the McClellans, like just just all all the the folks that uh, every fun fly I go to just makes the fun fly so much more enjoyable. You know what I mean? Like I've been to a couple of fun flies and it was just like me and Alec, um, me and uh, what's his name, Anthony, uh, or me and Kevin, and we'll just kind of go there and we'll kind of fly. But we didn't really talk to a lot of folks back then, or we did a little bit, but it wasn't like how it is now. I feel like we know. It's like we go to these fun flights and we know who's going to be there. It's like the usual suspects. It's all of us. We all always, you know, have a great time catching up and, and you know, flying heli together. So Yeah, man. I'm more excited to go see the people that I remember from the last time I was there than I am about flying there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. We have a great group of guys right now, like a core group of guys, and they are an awful lot of fun to hang out with. Yeah. It really does add a whole another level of enjoyment to it for sure yeah i'm glad you guys let me uh associate with you because i can't fly for shit <laughs> hey and, we're uh, all old man 3d at heart baby That's exactly <laughs> so yeah so i don't know if you guys want to say anything or if you guys are good uh, you kind of covered it for me anyway yeah. same thing i you know i got a girlfriend that's very understanding she lets me go do my stuff and i i do a lot of flying and stuff and she never complains about it one bit and uh so you know i i thank her for that and uh i really do thank all my friends that are in the helis and planes or whatever anything mm-hmm. to do with this hobby because like i say it's a big part of who i am right now especially being retired it's one of the things that takes up the majority of my time and it's it's just right. been a lot of fun i i'm loving the ride let's put it that way awesome nice you know it's gotten to be more than just you know either us doing a podcast or us going to fun fly like it's mm-hmm. gotten to be a real family and you know yes. i have no problem giving out <laughs> like my phone number to whoever and just saying hey text me or whatever you know like i mean it's just like and i love hearing from frank i hear from him all the time and um Mm -hmm. you know it's just it's just really cool man definitely it's cool where we're at in the hobby and where the hobby is too you know like it's not there's more success rate with the helicopters than the airplanes i think now than there has been you know ever because when you think of the evolution of where the helicopters come from you know there was yeah. 
that was the time where I mean, there was the one time where it was a big deal when the the guy flew inverted. You know, somebody flew inverted. Holy cow! Or somebody just hover without crashing. <laughs> just hover without crashing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's great, man. It's great because, dude, when you when you go from like guys my age and you know guys like Phil that we run into that are that are uh, having fun with what they do and their their version of 3D, and then we run into like the Devons and the Ethans that mm-hmm. are just 15 year old and killing it, man. Yeah. The and, next generation. Right. Yeah. And then you got guys like Rob who, who can help you with everything and loves to help you and yeah. yourself. You love to help people with everything. And, uh, yeah, it's just great, man. It's really cool. And I'm so thankful that we have a club that we can go to where the guys are really cool and, and yeah. just love to have a good time. I show up and there's never a frown on anybody's face, man. Well, there is sometimes, but those guys leave. And, uh, <laughs> but no, but no. it's always, it's always a good time down on our field, man. I say it all the time. It's like I go to a fun fly every weekend and it's just awesome. And what really kind of would, the only thing I, I really, uh, feel bad about is the guys that don't have that, you know, that, that I, yeah. I don't know where I can go. I don't know where I can fly. And, and yeah. I can tell you, dude, turn the flight test because that's where Steve and I met. That's where yeah. it all happened there man you know you can just you you can they have a they have a whole place on their forum for you know all the regions and and meetups yeah just post something there yep definitely um going going to the flight test community you you know we always talk about the heli community right like the heli community is tight there's like everyone is out there you know trying to help and and make everyone succeed i feel like the first taste of that type of community came from flight tests you yeah. know, when we went to Fly Fest and, and meeting you and Jeff and everyone, like, it was just like everyone really wanted to help and, and kind of have fun doing this hobby together. Um, and that's where, like, I, I felt that little bit of it, at, at, you know, with Flight Test community. And then when I got into the heli side, I saw that, com- you know, that was just, like, even bigger. It was just blown up even, you know, more. And I think it's that camaraderie that we get for, first of all, flying something so difficult, like, Flying helicopters in no way is easy. Even if you have like a 230S, you're safe and all the beginner modes, it's still quite a difficult task, you know, to wrap your mind around. Um, and then to, to see people that like the stuff that they do with these things and say the stuff that I can do with this, with these helis from three years, four years ago, it's just like, holy crap. I never thought I'd be where I am now, you know? Well, that's what I was just going to say. I was just going to mention that we get to see people grow in the hobby too. And it, mm-hmm. yeah. It's cool because they stick with it and like, look at Chris Breams. I mean, he's been sticking with it and he's been doing great, man. In the few months that he's been flying, like, yeah, just amazing, man. Yep. It's so cool to see. Yeah, definitely. You know what it is? Social media gets a bad rap lately, you know, and, and I mean, legit, legitimately so, you know, in a lot of cases, but as far as our hobby goes, uh, social media is like uh, you can't thank them enough because mm-hmm. uh, you know even when I got back into the hobby back in '03 there, yeah you had Mark Ryder doing his videos and stuff so mm-hmm. you kind of got to see what was going on at the fun flies and stuff but yeah. if you if you didn't have local people by you that knew stuff you had to learn it yourself you know and YouTube mm-hmm. was just getting started so there wasn't a, mo- a lot of that stuff and yep. I mean now you know you if you're on Facebook you can get an answer to any question any time of the day or night from somebody that's knowledgeable enough to give you the correct answer and 
and you you feel like he's like a brother to you, you know. So, mm -hmm. and I think you know social media is to thank for all of that aspect of it. So, uh, you know, as far as you know, it does have a lot of bad points for sure. But uh, mm -hmm. as far as our hobby goes, I think it's been one of the biggest boons to, you know, like talking about Chris Breen's. Yeah. I didn't. I would have never even met Chris Breams in a million years. And, you know, here he is up at Chris Rybert's Fun Fly. And I felt like I already knew the guy because yep. just from you guys talking about him, you know, and I've seen mm -hmm. his posts on Facebook and stuff. And it's almost like you're talking to somebody you've known for 10 years. So yeah, that that's like priceless stuff to me, that, that sort of thing. So, yeah, there's nice. a lot yep. of good stuff there. Definitely. Anyone else want to say anything? or I, I'm thankful for the mute button. Huh? <laughs> I'm thankful for the mute button. You're thankful for the mute button. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So um, final thanks I want to give is to all our listeners um, for keeping up with us or, you know, listening putting to a bunch up of with us, putting up with us, <laughs> keeping up with us, you listening to us, you know, <laughs> like we're just a bunch of guys. It's just like the hobby and we're, you know, putting out the show. Um, you know, for the fun of it. And it's great to just get the response and see the feedback that we're getting, like that Chris sent us, you know, in that email. So it's, it's amazing stuff. So, yeah, you know, so I give thanks for that. Yep. All right. Uh, let's move to news and announcements. News and announcements. Well, I don't have any news or announcements, but I was looking for some Black Friday sales, seeing as the podcast yeah. is going to come out on Black Friday, and hopefully we'll find some sales. But um, I haven't found anything online uh, other than Flight Test is doing a Black Friday sale. I think uh, all on, of them are, though. I think Hobby King is. I think Horizon is. No? But I didn't see anything that said Black Friday sale. I saw sales. Like, Motion RC has, has a sale going on. The sales have expanded so far beyond... No, yeah. right now it's yeah. it's ridiculous but. like black, yeah, Se black september now <laughs> yeah. yeah cyber monday yeah cyber monday cyber every day. but i was i was checking out motion rc man and they have the fms trojan the the v4 the the 55 inch wingspan mm -hmm. that's that's at 299 right now and man if i tell you if that dips down to like 250 you might have to pick that up but I did see you could pre-order the Freewing B17, dude. That's 63-inch wingspan, and it's like $219. That's crazy. Wow. That's, that's PNP, but uh, that's still insane. That would be really cool to see that thing go around. Yeah. Hmm. I've got my eye on that Rare Bear that Horizon's been advertising. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, okay. I had the Hobby King Rare Bear, and I had so much fun with that airplane. That thing was a bullet. Fast, but this one, yeah. Yeah, it's a, but this one looks like it might be even faster, or you could make it faster. So <laughs> I, I might have to spring for one of those for next year. Nice. We'll see. Okay, I just clicked on the, the B-17, and it does say Black Friday slash Cyber Monday pre-order sale. Oh, $80, $80 off the Freewing B-17 when you order now. Oh man, they got to do this kind of stuff when I don't have any money. <laughs> it's wonder wonderful, isn't it? The B17 was one of my first like and only model kits I did when I was a kid that was an airplane and I loved it, man. I loved all of the the turrets that they had and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I just I found it fascinating, man. And then to hear some of the actual stories of like the guys that were in the belly turrets that were like, you know, 5 foot was like the top 
they could be you know, uh, to climb thanks. down into those things and then to yeah. just imagine that and then to hear how mechanically that thing didn't work like it should and guys got trapped in those things and couldn't get out till they landed and oh it was just some of the amazing stories that these guys went through so i, I i'm really i really have a connection with that that plane gotta hit the buy button kev gotta hit the buy button just i know do it just do it no just do it all right, I'm not closing the page, so we'll just, just, just just put up put up some helis for sale that you know you're not flying anymore. The 380, you don't even have a Neo in there anymore. Sell no. me back the the BK servos, um, sell the rest of the airframe, and yeah, buy yourself this plane. I'll bring that down to OHB. Get it, get rid of it in Goblin Country. There you go. <laughs> well, that's not the place to get rid of it, I think, because there would be. Well, I guess it would be too. I was just thinking there'll be so many people with goblins and they're gonna need more. But um that's worth it. Go for but it. But that's all I saw. I don't know if anybody else has any other news or announcements. The only thing I saw was that thing on Free Sky with that new uh telemetry port thing that they're doing, but I, I don't have a lot of information on it yet, but I did see that. I haven't seen anything else that really strikes my eye other than the icon, you know, integrating into the uh Free Sky stuff, not full integration yet, but telemetry integration anyway. So mm-hmm. they announced that a couple of weeks ago. So it's not like brand new stuff, but some people might still not be aware of it. I wasn't, so that's cool. <laughs> and I'm not sure if you've mentioned this on a previous post, but apparently they're going to be bringing back the FA registration process. I heard. Yep. Really? Oh yeah. yeah. Congress has made it so it's you know they they're going to allow it. So yeah. It's, it's still going to be the same registration where the pilot has to register, right? Not the individual aircrafts. I don't know. Uh, oh. They never really pulled it off the FAA website, which I thought was suspicious. Mm-hmm. So maybe your old registration will still be valid. Yeah, I think the old stuff will still be valid, but I'm not sure if they're going to uh, make it even worse for us, you know? Time will tell. Yeah. Way to bring the... the- the mood of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Anything else? No, man. All right. Uh, let's move to what's next for you in the hobby then. Well, somebody else go other than me because I have nothing written down there. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I sound like a broken record. I need to get the vegan done. <laughs> it's, like, it's like every week I need to get the vegan done. I need to get the vegan done. Um, yeah, I just, you know, Thanksgiving this week has kind of uh, occupied most of my time. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully, you know, I'll be able to get that done soon. It's getting quite chilly in the garage, even with that propane heater. I think I need to get something even more um, aggressive aggressive yeah just a single burner is just it's it's okay if i like stand on top of it <laughs> because all the heat just rises right from <laughs> it but uh, i think i need to get something with a little fan type of deal where it'll actually like blow the air around force the air around the the, uh, the garage so um so yeah so that's i don't know we'll see i'll try to get that rigging done i don't know i need to get i really need to get my mini comet going that's I, I, I keep on seeing that on the table, and it's like I had like, I don't know, maybe five or six flights on it, or maybe a little more. But it just sucks that, you know, because of one servo dying, I can't fly it. So I got a couple of things I need to do, like ship that servo back. 
Um, I have an invoice for a, a replacement V-Link Neo that I need to get from Mikado for, for the Neo that went bad on my uh, 600 Nitro. Really, that's about it. Cool. Yeah. Well, next well, for me is uh, going to be OHB. Yes. Got to get all my stuff ready for that. That's going to so sneak jealous. up on me quicker than I think. Mm-hmm. And the only other thing that's really a must-do for me right away is I got to get a second uh, little two-inch drone because I'm I'm finding out that the way I fly, a second backup drone is a must because the one thing I don't like about the FPV racing, at least with the guys I'm racing with right now, is they're serious about it. They want to get a lot of racing in during the day, so the pace is unbelievably fast. So you really, you know, if you crash and you have problems like this past weekend, I I crashed a couple times and twice my uh, – my video lead fell off the main flight controller board, just popped off the solder pad. So, you know, you got to try to run and I don't have a, a portable soldering iron that's any good. So I, I had to run and borrow one from somebody, try to get it soldered back on. At the same time, they want you to spot for a race, you know, and because you always have to have a spotter. So it's like you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off for three hours. And uh, I think that might be a little bit easier with a second quad where if something happened, I could just have a backup to go to. So I'll probably look at building a second one sometime this week and uh, and just getting ready for OHB. So that's pretty much what's on my plate for the next couple of weeks. Sheesh, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. <laughs> just running around like crazy, trying to fly, trying to spot, trying to fix, trying to fly. You know. Well, you know what it is. It's new to me, and uh, yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, this was my second race this past week. This was a points uh-huh. race this past weekend. The week before last was a a practice race, and uh, okay. So I I had a little bit better groove going this week. I kind of. I knew when I needed to spot and I, I got better at like, you know, when the race was done, I just took that battery off and put a new battery on. So it was ready to go. And, uh, you know, I had my radio in a certain spot. So it's like, you got to just get in, into a groove and I'm sure I'll get better at it as the weeks go by, but, uh, it is a fast paced, uh, couple of hours. So, uh, and uh, that does turn some guys off. I have a couple of friends that had wanted to try it, but the one guy did try it. He just did not like the the fast pace of it. It was just too much for him, really. So mm-hmm. he wasn't enjoying it. And I can I could understand that, but I'm a competitive dude. So <laughs> you know, once you get in there and start racing, the blood gets going, and it you kind of forget about how much uh, tension there is in the air, you know, and you just start racing. So I think I'm definitely going to enjoy it the rest of the season. Plus, it's a good way to get through the winter. So. Sure. Cool. All right. Uh, Fred. All right. I could do the uh, program record thing and say FPV Heli. Ooh. <laughs> I, what I didn't leave out of things I've been doing in the hobby, I got one of these little TS100 or 1000, whatever it is. It's this little pen sized soldering iron. That's the one I want to get. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The thing's awesome. It yeah. Is- does and, it run uh, off of like a 3S pack or? You can run it off a 3S pack. You can run mm-hmm. it off one that it, it takes a pretty wide range of voltage. Um, I end up getting the uh, the wall plug in for it. I need to build a, a adapter for a 3S pack, but mm-hmm. uh, it I've got a little case that came with some uh, tweezers and different things, so I can throw my solder in there. I can throw the soldering iron in there. I got a flex pen that I put in there, so I mean the whole kit's pretty much in that little pack. Uh, and it goes right in the toolbox, and and you know, nice. I was out flying not long ago and had a wire pop off my my flight control board. I could have put it right back on with that thing, 
And they uh, say that thing gets hot like in an instant, does it? Oh, it's it's quick. It's not yeah. quite instant, but it's like two instants. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if it's it, anything like a minute or two, that's fine. It's not even a minute. Oh, it's it, really under like, a minute. It yeah. probably gets up to 400 degrees Celsius in probably 30 seconds. Wow. Yeah. That that's the one I want to get. And uh, it it's cool because it's got an accelerometer in it, and if you leave it sitting for too long, it drops down to 200 degrees Celsius, and then after that, if it doesn't move, it drops down to um, nothing. It shuts off. Oh and, wow! But if you pick it up, it automatically starts going right back up to the full temperature, whatever you set oh. it at. Oh, that's cool. Wait, what's oh, the name so, of this one? Uh, it's a good question. That's a good safety thing that all soldering irons should have. TS100. Like, I I have the one that has the station, and it's always at a 45-degree angle. That would be great if, like, it was at a, you know, 90-degree angle or, you know, parallel to the ground. Right. That it would shut off. They should put that on everything. It would be good. Well, it just just senses a lack of movement. It's got to have some sort of a accelerometer in there. It does. I think it does have an accelerometer in it. So, yeah. That's Uh, the one with the little screen, a little digital screen. Yeah, it's got a little digital screen up. Yeah, okay, sixty-five bucks. The, I see it here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like seventy-five bucks or so for the kit, and I got two different types of tips. I got the real fine point or the blunt tip. Uh, it came with you know some other accessories. I, I shopped around to get the, you know, try to get the where, best. You know, where did you get it, Fred? Through Amazon, one of the Amazon. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at Amazon right now. Okay. So uh, after that, let's see the uh, what's next for me in the hobby. I need to get away. I need to steal some time and run away. I want to fly my big Cessna again, and I got a B, that B twenty six. I'd like to maiden. I picked up a B twenty five that I got put back together. I want to try flying that for the first time. Uh, of course, like I said, the sports and the mom. Uh, I want to uh, work on, and then uh, Phil remind me. I got my three D printer that I dug out of the shop. I was in <laughs> trouble with it uh, out in my workshop because it's not really climate controlled in there, so. Uh, when the humidity hit, it was popping little moisture bubbles inside the, the the extruded filament. And so my prints were coming out very porous. Uh, oh, wow. so, so I went up, I hit the thrift store, I picked up an old, like, some sort of like a little TV cabinet. And that's what the uh, printer's going into. And I might put a door on it and uh, see if I can figure out a way to, to you know, put a dehumidifier or something in there just kind of keep it a little bit more constant of uh atmosphere inside yeah fred i noticed in the winter time mine's in my garage my garage isn't heated that if i put a like towel or just something around it to enclose it the prints were coming out better they were coming out pretty good as it was it's got a heated bed and all that but just that that subtle temperature change to retain the heat Mm -hmm. yeah would make the layers you know not adhere to each other as they should well and the other thing i've got is the uh, i got a little heat lamp i can throw in the inside the enclosure now so keep the whole thing in a constant temperature yeah i think 3d printers really enjoy the heat you know yeah well and and you're talking about how they're coming down in price i think that you're going to start seeing more of that that new style extrusion where it pulls it up out of the liquid uh, okay. Yeah, but those yeah. are the lith- uh, what are they called? Um, lithographic. Lithographics. Yeah, they they don't they're not they're great for detail. They're not good for strength. They're great for like, hey, you want to pull out a you know Eiffel Tower replication, 
reproduction out of it, that's great. But yeah, you try putting load on it, it's going to crack and break. It's, yes, it's very weak. So. I, I guess that maybe they have different materials because the I was watching the like a TED talk on it, and mm-hmm. the guy had flexible material. He could you know he was making these geo little geo material balls that that he could squish and and flex and twist. Um, then he also had rigid ones. Okay. And he, what they're saying is the the benefit of that is you don't have the layers, so it doesn't have a structure yeah. that was based on which way that that layering is is. So, right. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe they they've come probably they probably come far from when I first started seeing those like last year. They you know it, it was kind of like class. <laughs> yeah. So, so if you know. if they're if they're improving on that technology, they might yeah. be seeing that. So they're probably dumping the older style filament style. Mm-hmm. The older resin that they were using. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I don't even know if I'm going to get a chance to go flying because it's Thanksgiving and uh, hopefully I'll get out there for a few, but we'll see what's going on. I know the weather's not supposed to be that great this weekend. And yeah. you mentioned something about going to OHB if you could. Yeah, but that's uh, two weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. That'll be in two weeks. Yeah. But I'm sure I'll work on something. I don't know. I've been kicking around the idea of making uh, another tank that's twice the size of the one that is I have now. <laughs> oh yeah, pretty cool. Radio controlled instead of cabled. Yeah. Why not go with like not worm gear drives, but maybe something. Um, maybe make some gearing and and use something some brush. No, I mean it doesn't have to be like brushless, but some brush motors. You know, some five forty size motors. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Okay, let's wrap it up. All right, Fred, let's wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Okay, Facebook likes. We are at 707 likes plus three new likes this week. And here comes the names. Cue the music. We have Glenn Andrews, Jay Pina, and Michael Rosnick. Very good, cool. dude. Awesome. Very nice reading, everyone. Reading of the names. Hopefully, I got them terribly wrong, or I'm not. I'm not living up to my, uh, you know, to what I do. <laughs> All right, Facebook comments. What do we got? All right, Facebook comments. I saw a few things on Facebook, and uh, there was a few comments on the video. That was posted uh, that of Ethan flying the quad under the lights. And I went mm-hmm. and watched this video, and I guess it did capture his kick-ass ability to fly that quad. Um, but I guess it's more, uh, for me, it was more of an impact being there, seeing him do this, than watching it on the video. I guess Gregory Sullivan kind of uh, had the same feeling. He was like, yeah, that's cool, but it's not as cool as Ellie. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> And you know how I feel about quadcopters, and I had to agree with the the the, the sound of the helicopter is a little bit more impressive. You know, it just helicopters in three D just seem a little bit more viewable than maybe the quadcopter did. Yeah, it's a little bit easier to ingest and just like see that tail whip around and be like, "Whoa, that's cool." When you see the quad whip around, you're just like it's still upright. Yeah, another arm. <laughs> I got to give him credit for flying that thing at night under the lights. The way he was flying, it was just insane, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Ethan had a good time on his own show. Um, so he said, you know, if I had a dollar for every time I said 
and stuff during the show. He could buy another <laughs> 700. And uh, Scott RC said, great show, guys. Really, really good to hear about your experiences. Ethan, always interesting to hear how others got in the hobby. And that's really a comment we've heard from a lot of people. Even Phil said it earlier, mm-hmm. you know, yep. he enjoys hearing how other people got in the hobby. And, you know, you uh, have your experiences and sometimes you think, wow, I'm the only dumb person that ever left servo horn screws off and went and flew a plane and then couldn't figure out why it crashed until i got home and found the tray with my servo horn screws in it but then you find out uh, i'm not the only one that did that you know so it kind of i don't know for me it wait 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 wait. has anyone else found a tail push rod in a tail boom i'm sure somebody on, has. A, on a built flying heli i don't know i'm I- sure somebody has I don't know. I know there's a lot of people in this hobby, Kevin, but I don't I know. What know. Has. Okay. <laughs> well, at least I haven't done that twice. <laughs> I learned from my mistake. Yes. yes. <laughs> I thought you did it a second time. No. No, no. He can't forget. We won't let him forget. Uh, well, Michael also uh, commented on that. Yeah. He said, uh, haha, listen to 101 while writing this. And about the time you're recording 102, he just actually texted me. <laughs> uh, if you guys see this while you're recording and read through the comments on the show, hi. Uh, great show, guys. I'm loving the listener series. I love hearing about the awesome stories. So, yep. Cool. Yeah. Do we have any other Facebook comments? Uh, I just got a breaking news bulletin from Walt from the RC Heli Hooligans podcast. And uh, he was just asking me if I could... Uh, throw some stickers down his way for their fun fly that's coming up and he didn't give me any details and i went to their website and i don't see any details yet but maybe they're they can't be still working them out because i think he has a date but we'll get back to you guys with the date it's in i know it's in one of the carolinas i believe north carolina and um it's in january 2018 and it's the chill out it's the dead of winter and he said uh you know i know it's a hell of a ride but be awesome if you know, we could see you guys. So I don't know. I might think about maybe going down there and getting to a hotel. I don't know. We'll see. But I'm definitely going to send them some what is stickers that, like down. Eight to ten hour ride. Yeah, it's probably ten. Yeah. But he said uh, he was wondering if we could send any shirts or stickers his way. Mm-hmm. And I told him I'd send him some stickers. And I, I that's that's awesome that you know he he asked because uh, yeah, he's gonna no, he's gonna put them in the pilots raffle and stuff like that. So that's cool. Awesome. All right. Uh, website comments. Website comments. Um, I know we heard from Javier, uh, but we also heard from Chris Edwards, who said, uh, hey, guys, just wanted to show my appreciation. I listened to several RC podcasts. And he said, yours is the best by far. Oh, geez, I didn't even read this. Thanks, Chris. You put across a fun, friendly, relaxed atmosphere, and it's always a pleasure to listen to. Um, that's because we're usually testing out different vodkas no i'm only kidding um <laughs> i've built a few quads but mainly fly fixed wings uh electric nitro helis are beyond his scope of his wallet but he loves listening to whatever subject we're talking about uh, nice. so keep them coming and most important get to the chopper <laughs> <laughs> awesome thanks chris so thanks chris yeah sweet uh should i mention javier's real quick sure Okay, so Javier also emailed us real quick. He he gave us his thoughts on episode 101, and um, 
we want to say thanks, Javier. And he also emailed us, said, I want to wish us all a happy Thanksgiving. Oh, wait a minute. He says, as you know, I am Mexican, so the Thanksgiving tradition is not ingrained in our family. It's it's not a custom that they're um, a holiday that they really celebrate. Or you know, he's starting to kind of start it up with his family, but most of his family is not you know where he is. So uh, oh, I know okay. he said that um, for like Christmas and stuff, his mom comes up and stuff. But uh, you know, for for Thanksgiving, it's not a tradition in, in Mexican culture. So it's not something where like their family would all fly up or, you know, come up to, to celebrate. So it's always good to hear from Javier. Thanks, Javier. All right. What do we have for the people of Podbean? All right. People of Podbean. I did look this up, Fred. <laughs> okay. We have a few things. Um, Justice Radiola started following us. Green P101 started following us. Green what? Green P. P E A, not P E E. I was about to say you yeah, you need to go see a doctor for that. Yeah. Uh Rodriguez Maria nine nine three started following us and FJ Mortillos started following us. I should just say <laughs> that every week. Because <laughs> he's screwing around with us. Uh, yeah, he totally is. It's funny. You're but, getting much better at it, Frank. I mean uh Kevin. <laughs> yeah. You're getting good at it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I just want to say thanks to everybody for uh, liking us on Podbean. That's awesome. awesome. Thank you. All right. iTunes reviews. I saw nothing new on iTunes. All right. Before we go through the outro, Phil, do you want to give out any contact info if someone has a question about, let's see, um, FR Sky, you know, setting up something, you know, FR Sky on a helicopter or maybe, you know. Yeah, Other questions sure. to you? Yeah, Absol- absolutely. My uh, email is Cromer, C-R-O-M-E-R, at Valstar, V-A-L-S-T-A-R dot net. Or they can look me up on Facebook under Philip Goodwin. Awesome. Nice. All right. Well, thanks, Phil, for taking the time. Oh, thank um, you, good. Coming on the show and being a kick-ass old man 3D guy. I yeah, was looking Phil. forward to this. It was a great time. Good time as <laughs> always. Awesome. Great, great. Drop us an iTunes review. We'll read the review on the next episode. Email us at free4rc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash free4rc podcast. Check out our webpage, free4rc podcast.com. Say hi to Chris Reiber. Hi, Chris Reiber. So, Chris? Hey, Chris. <laughs> okay, flight test forums, off the field, audio and video production, other than flight test podcast, free forestry podcast, sitting next to our friends, the FT Community Cast. Hey, Patch on Mike. And sometimes Nick and Fred. <laughs> Fred, that episode's not out yet, is it? Uh, I don't think they've released it yet. I'm dying to hear it. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> RCHeliHangouts.com forum under RC Heli Hangouts main section, podcast corner, and free for RC podcast. Sitting next to our friends, the RC Heli Hooligans podcast. Hey, Walt and Ed. Awesome. They had a great show with uh, Jamie Robertson. I haven't listened to that one yet. I'm so I'm, I'm behind on that episode. I've been actually catching up a lot with the uh, F the uh, oh, I was about to say FT the RC After Hours podcast. I'm catching up on their show right now. So it was funny. Jamie Robertson was talking about how he doesn't like change and he still uses uh, Real Flight 3.5. And as he's saying it, I'm like on his Pentium three, and he's then he mentioned he, he hasn't gotten a new computer in like ten years. So I was crying. I was laughing wow. hard. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Okay, well, thanks again, Phil. Thanks for our listeners. Thanks, Phil. Free your skies. 
and we'll see you next time. See ya. See ya. 1973, dude. Oh my god. I have a 73 Harley Davidson. Oh man, that's nice. Yeah. I was was born in 79. Then it's (laughs) it's older than Steve. Yeah. Yeah, right? I wish I had a 73 Harley. You kidding me? I got an old trick. Uh, let's move to news and announcements. News. news and announcements. I'm gonna freaking kill you, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? And I say that, and I think it's me that's screwing it up. I think I always used to say announcements, and somewhere along the line, it got tr- changed. I don't know. <laughs> 1973, dude. Yeah. I, oh my god! I have a 73 Harley Davidson. Oh man, that's nice. Yeah, I was I was born in '79, and it's a, <laughs> and it's older than Steve. Yeah, yeah, right. I wish I had a '73 Harley. You kidding me? <laughs> I, I got know. an old Kevin tree. Still has it. It's buried underneath. It's buried in my garage, but I still have it. It's garage. He still has it. I bought my Harley the same year I got back in the RC. Nice old tree. What'd you get? I got a Road King Anniversary Edition. Oh, nice. very nice. Big boy. Yeah, I like that thing. Nice. I do like it. I always wanted one. Always wanted one. Road King, that, that's not the Springer front end, is it? No, no. That's no. the other uh, Electric no. Glide or something. I don't know. What, I, mean, I don't know. Road Glide? It's been so, no. Road Glide, yeah. It's been so long, yeah, man. They got, they got so many models now, you can't keep up with them. My f- and they're so damn expensive. <laughs> And they are expensive. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> and everything you put on them is twice as expensive. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what HD stands for. Harley Davidson stands yeah. for a hundred dollars, right? Yeah, hundreds of dollars. Hundreds, hundreds of dollars. dollars. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I, man. I think I've spent more money on heli stuff than Harley Davidson stuff, though. That's for sure. Yeah, you probably spent more time on on the gimbals than you are on the, <laughs> on yeah. the wheels. Yeah. I bought mine in right. 1992, and I bought it in pieces, man. And my neighbor thought I was insane. Okay. Yeah, and he, I had friends come over to the house, and they were like, "Where's this Harley you bought?" And I was like, "There's a piece over here. There's a piece over there." I'm like, <laughs> you see that box? <laughs> I, I, oh, I had it. I had it. I had the engine all apart in my living room, and I had, took pictures, and I brought them to work. And one of the girls I worked with, she looks at the picture of the motor like all over the living room, and looks back at me and goes. You're not married, are you? <laughs> like, I yeah, know. I was about to say that's 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 before your wife. Huh? Oh, man. That is so cool, man. I would love to have done that. My my son would love talking to you because he he's like a died in in the wool old Harley kind of guy. You know, he I think he's got like a seventy one or seventy two. Oh, nice. Uh, you know, straight pipes, the whole deal, that thing. You yeah. know, I mean, it'll rock your socks off when he gets on that thing. But he didn't. You know, he didn't take it apart like you did but he he likes that old style you know bike well it was in pieces when i bought it that's why my neighbor thought i was insane because i paid i don't remember what i paid for it like a thousand dollars and it was in it was all taken apart but it had the title i had the frame the numbers matched and i was like okay yeah let's say does all the numbers match that's the only thing i didn't do was i didn't hone the cylinders myself and i didn't seat the valves but everything else i did in my garage wow I'm jealous, man. I would have loved to have done something like that. Yeah, it was yeah. cool. Especially back then, they were hard to come by. You know, they were a thousand dollars was pretty good, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I remember, you know, you couldn't even buy a Harley Davidson for a while there. You had a waiting list like uh, two or three years. I remember guys waiting to get them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Now, now they're like a dime a dozen. Yeah, they're mass produced like crazy now. Oh God, they're pumping them out like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, I think it was late '90s that my buddy wanted to buy a Fat Boy. It was the the last Evolution Motor Fat Boy, so '99, I think it was, and. Uh, yep. We rode all over North Jersey looking for a dealer that had a red fat boy. He wanted red. He wanted a fat boy. So we drive all over and all over. He couldn't find anything. So we drive out to Bear Harley in Pennsylvania. And on the way out, he goes, we're driving my pickup truck. And I go, so if they got one here, are you ready to pick one up here? And he wasn't one of those checkbook type of guys. So he goes, yeah, I'm ready to, I'm going to, I'm going to pick it up here. And I'm like, so wait a minute you got sixteen thousand dollars in cash on you and he goes yeah and i go man i should lump you over the head and leave your body in a ditch <laughs> yeah. oh that's crazy but then we get there and everything's sold like exactly like you're saying and they have all this oh, stuff yeah, in the showroom are. but everything was sold yeah you could not find one for a long time i remember one of the guys i work with he bought a fat boy back in like 95 or something i think it was 94 95 same exact thing he was on the waiting list for two and a half years to get that motorcycle and when it came in he was like oh man this is fantastic you know yeah (laughs) now it's like you just go down and buy anything you want yeah yep I have had a lot of fun on that bike, though. 